and welcome to a b- bonus episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. B-b-b-bonus! Hello! Hey! And we are revisiting, after having finally unearthed the long-awaited episode 5 of Movie Life, House of Wax. So, we've already covered episodes one through four and we've kind of theorized what would happen in episode five based off of what little information we could gather from the internet but now we've actually seen it and so in honor of that we're gonna one go over episode five but since it's been honestly four years years, five years yeah like five back because it was 2014 jesus (sighs) what are we doing with our lives yeah so it's been the five years since last time we covered this we're gonna do a little like revisit to what the what once was in the first couple episodes as well. So if you haven't seen this at all, first of all, it's all available on YouTube. Go Google it while while it's there because it may not last. But it's hard to find when it goes away. Yeah, it, but, yeah. Um, now there's like a video that's how we found it on YouTube that has episodes one through five just all in like uh, one video. One long yeah, yeah. Video. Like they recorded on VHS and also it is a delight to yeah. watch. Go back and listen to our episode from 2014 just so you can see how how things have changed for me at least. For Mora. <laughs> Greatly. So, yes. let's get into episode one. I'm gonna kind of, because I just rewatched yeah, all of it. I, I, it's also very familiar, but I'll be like, leading the discussion. Yeah, that way, if you can just tell me, like, what's happening, I can, I'll remember, yeah, oh, like, yeah. what it is. I've yeah. got notes on exactly what happened. You're like, <laughs> you felt like you're watching this with fresh eyes. I watched, like, half of it at two times speed, because I needed to get it all watched, so. But I also remember it very vividly. Once you start watching it again, it'll all come rushing back. It's Um, all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. (laughs) So the first episode starts out with basically what I would describe as, as the cast writing their check to Joel Silver, because... It's or or them trying to make sure that Joel Silver's happy because it's honestly like a fifteen minute conversation about how great Joel Silver is and how he is like <laughs> he's the man, the, the legend. Movies. He's I hot. I guess this is this is like part of what they just they thought was like what he would want to hear when he was watching this, but he was interviewed, so it's kind of bizarre that he's like treated like this. Like, I mean, he does a lot of good movies, but Jesus, this is so excessive. It's basically just like. Well, when I found out I was working with Joel, I mean, that's all you'd ever want in life, right? Like, he created the Matrix, and he did this and that, and, you know, he's just amazing, and everything's great. And it's not, like, unheard of for people to be obsessed with the producers in the sense of, like, trying to emulate them or, or impress them, but they're just tripping over themselves trying to talk about how much they love Joel Silver. It just seems like they know he's gonna watch this, and they're all, like, smiling to camera, like, hire me again, Joel. I'm good, Joel. You'll like me, right, Joel? And it's then... very embarrassing. And the one who got the job was Paris on Veronica Mars. Oh, God. And then, um, well, so also, just generally, uh, like, a little note, which I found happy, like, funny, is that they're talking about their conversations about being cast in this movie, too. And Chad Michael Murray was like, I'm th- I was thrilled to be part of something that Joel Silver was doing. And then I found out it was shooting in Australia, and he just kind of looked Three off in his face. <laughs> I don't think he actually knew that when he accepted the role, and I feel like that's his reaction. It's like, like yeah, because oh, no. he's already, like, an actor who has to live in North Carolina for One Tree Hill at this point. So now, uh, three more months, and now he has to be in Australia. <laughs> yeah, and that's not a small thing to ask of people. Three months in Australia is very far away. Mm. Um, and it's also, like, basically from And there, these are, besides Paris, these are doing. all working actors who are, like, series regulars on television shows. They're right, stars like, of television shows. 
And it's not like if, say, you're in North Carolina, that's not the only thing you're doing. You could potentially, like, shoot other things in Atlanta or New York, mm-hmm. but here it's this like... This is their summer vacation, basically. They're still working. There's not other productions going on, because it's truly the Gold Coast in the middle of nowhere. It's like... Well, I mean, not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but. it's like they go home, and, uh, like, Chad's back on One Tree Hill, and because it's 2005, Jared was on starting Supernatural? No, this is before Supernatural. Well, it was probably well, they, just as it was starting. They probably literally. filmed the pilot. I think it was probably... He was still pretty much known for Gilmore Girls. Well, yeah, well, definitely he was known for Gilmore Girls, but, um, because this airs 2005, early 2005, so he's probably yeah, still on Gilmore Girls and probably has filmed the pilot or about to film the pilot of, uh, Yeah, he has... He definitely has the early Supernatural look. Yes. Like, he has the exact haircut from the first season-ish, mm-hmm. so you can totally recognize it as, like, okay, this is basically him walking onto the set of Supernatural mm-hmm. right after. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it aired in 2005, yeah. this is all shot this is in So, just, yeah, summer 2004 is when they filmed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so he goes home, Gilmore Girls, and then during, like, the fall or early 2005, he shoots the pilot for he's Supernatural. He's an interesting person, too, because... First of all, he's always just, every time they cut to him, he's just like, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, I, I love when uh, they, uh, in the finale, when he's just going, like, I, I really wanted to know how they, you know, they make the posters oh, and stuff. we'll get to that. I love, I love that. It actually oh, says well, a lot about how he's going to be. You should inform the audience now about okay. your change of heart. <laughs> so, for those of you that are going to listen to the first episode we did for this, or re- remember my long-term opinions of him in that and other episodes we've definitely done with him in it. I was not a huge fan of Jared Padalecki the first time around. This time, I would say that I've not only warmed to him, I really enjoy him in this. She finally saw what the rest of us saw, and without a chip on her shoulder. We we tried to go over the actual math of, like, why I was mad during this one time we filmed it, and I filmed it, and I think, or recorded it, I think it was basically, it, it coalesced with, like, a time when he was being really stupid on Twitter more consistently. I know he's done stuff in the past as well, but this is, like, around the time I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman died, and he was saying some stupid shit online and then, like, going after people, which, yeah. I mean, now that we've seen a lot of what he's done in terms of self-harm, and, like, what, like, that's, yeah, like, a huge part of his actual charitable, like, contribution. Yes. Like, he does lots of work in the area when of When we depression were going back in the timeline, like, just trying to figure it out, we saw that, and then, because it was, two, it was the, the year after that, 2015, that's when he that came out about, it. like, his, his, his problems with mental health. Like, he had to, like, cancel a bunch of conventions because of it. And that's yeah, when he started, I mean, like, talking, like, more about it. And then, like, so... Then it kind of clicked, actually. And this isn't just, like, you know, he writes a check to, you know, save the dolphins or something. This is literally, like, he created a foundation, constantly, you know, fundraises for it, speaks about it. It's, like, a part of what he does every day. So, I think, genuinely, what might have happened is what happens with a lot of people is they lash out when they see something that is something that they're insecure about happen and then try and make it seem like that's a stupid thing when really that's like what they're most afraid of. Yeah. So like he was basically like calling Philip Seymour Hoffman's death not a tragedy and people were being stupid for talk- talking about it like it was sad because he quote unquote overdosed. Like he threw his but, life away is what he said pretty much. Yeah and realistically if you look at it now it's like his, his more modern version whether or not he learned from that or maybe it was just his own demons you know seeing that he certainly was probably realizing, like, oh, I mean, we're doing a lot of guessing here, but I would say it's not out of line to assume that he was, like, that's weak just to question your sobriety or your, like, life. And now that's, like, a huge cause that he's 
surrounded himself with. So whether or not that was exactly what caused it, I think I could say he's definitely grown in that area and whatever, you know, ill will I had for him as a character in certain shows, mm. I don't think I can put that on him as a person. He seems like a lovely guy in real life. So. And also, fun Bygones. fact about Jared Padalecki, his middle name is Tristan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, as the uh, only one who's also worked with Chad Michael Murray and goes into this documentary already with a chip on his shoulder about him, I respect that as well. <laughs> so he, he is the, I would say, second lead, quote-unquote, although there's technically Alicia Cuthbert, we'll get to her later. But we were saying, um, even originally, it's like, Alicia is too much of a professional to like be the reality show person, really. It's just like, they're not going to get great footage from her, really. No, she's basically not. In fact, I almost wonder if they tried to do the same thing with Robert Richard, but they just didn't even bother because he mm. had no footage. Yeah. I don't know what that happened with that. Or they're just like, hey, let's just get all the white people, which is shitty. But Probably. I don't know why him, or Brian Van Holt, too, but he's older, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I could see them trying to get Robert, but he probably just didn't, like, no. Ironic, because he's w- really good. But he's also, like, really good, so he would have been fun to see on film, but they probably didn't realize he was that funny at the time, maybe. He, he was definitely, I think he was probably on one-on-one at this time, and he's probably just like, I just want to work. I don't need to, I don't need the promotion, really. Which makes sense. I mean, I understand why people wouldn't want to do that. I can imagine, like, Chad, of course, wants to be focused, and then that bites him in the ass, or like, like Alicia and Jared's people telling them they have to, like, you need to do this. I do, I mean, this just, well, we should get it, we'll get into the actual episode bits now, but, like, another broader concept that I think is worth noting that we may not have gone over the first time is this is such clearly, like, the kind of thing that was written into some people's contracts. Like, yes. it's very clear that, like, you're gonna be on this movie, and part of the movie is this other movie. Yeah, you have to do with this all, reality show, despite that's not being your thing. It's all cross-promotion. Like, every minute of this is just, like... Paris promoting other stuff she did. Like, she's actually... What's funny is, like, as much as I find some of the stuff she does pretty vapid and, like, cold, it is actually genius in many ways because she's basically promoting four or five different things during the course of this movie that's promoting this movie. Like, it's just, like, she understands the level of, like, capitalism at play here that I think you have Jared just, like, laughing, putting on hats and meeting people. Like, she's not <laughs> playing at the second game. She's, like promoting brands like she's going to specific brands to promote her shopping there you gotta believe she's getting deals off of that like it's brilliant like uh, we'll get to the actual scenes where this happens later on but it's it's wild so anyway so she's introduced as well um they do a wardrobe test which is where jared comes in and you have meanwhile Chad Michael Murray i can remember like, also like yeah that's the first time chad's like a fucking asshole like from right one. so like again you they they say a lot to me. It says a lot about a person, how they treat staff at places. So right away, we're introduced to Chad Michael Murray through the wardrobe department, and they're giving him some options for clothes. And we're going to go back to this with the Alicia Cuthbert introduction, because she has a similar issue with some of the clothes. Yeah. Because there's limited options. They basically give him a rack of clothes to choose from, and they're going to work together yeah. with the wardrobe artist to try and figure out what he would wear as this character. Mm-hmm. And she's and, uh, late to like filming, because I think she was still like filming 24, 24, and then she like yes. she showed up after everyone else. So she's not met. a part of this whole episode, pretty much. She's yeah. introduced to at the very Despite end, being the, the star of the film, which is actually kind of just shows how big of a star she actually is. She's like, right. I have like my number one rated TV show to be working on real quick, and then I'll come here. Yeah, and so he is introduced through, well, we, we were introduced first to Joel Silver, because everyone's, like, whining, or waxing poetic about Joel Silver, and then we're introduced again to um, Jared and Chad. Chad is also meeting with the wardrobe consultant. She gives him a couple of options, and he's not happy with them, and then it, it escalates to him being like, 
well, I mean, I guess I was, but I wish I had more options. And then, like, kind of looks up and realizes the camera's there, and he's like, get that out of here. <laughs> so, like, right away, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is not gonna be a great relationship with him and the camera. Because if this is the first scene you're shooting, and you're already, like, annoyed the camera's there. Yeah, but, he, like, it, again, like, we, we say it in the original episode, but, like, it literally it escalates every time he looks to the camera because he clearly wants to like lash out. But he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm on camera." You know how like um, reality stars are always saying, "You know, you forget about the cameras really quickly." Chadwick Murray is basically always aware of the cameras until the moment he blows up because he's just so sick of it. But even then, he mentions that he knew the cameras were there. Yeah, and turn that like, fucking camera off. Yeah, and but he's like, I would, I hope he thought that they were off at that point when he really kind of lets it go because there was like another camera randomly shooting like not at him, just in the area, so it catches all the dialogue. So he just thought he was getting away with some of the stuff. It's very creepy because it kind of shows that he's basically waiting to not be seen to flip out at people, mm-hmm. which is not a great vision of who you are, dude. <laughs> it just means that you, just because, like, the, the whole concept of saying, like, get that camera out of here does not mean, that, like, you don't want to, you know, be caught being mean. It just says that you're going to be mean. You just don't want to be caught. Like, it's just, it's not... They're, he's treating the camera like it's just in, it's interviewing or intervening when he's trying to like have his way, but really it's just documenting the kind of shitty person he is to these people, and he's not used to that. <laughs> um, so he's just like, I wish I had. Op-. He's trying to be like you know, gruff with her, and she's just like, I don't know what you want me to do. This is what they gave me to try it on with you. I don't think it's her job to be buying clothes that he wants, <laughs> and so. <laughs> He, he, um, has to wear his clothes in front of Joel Silver. They all do. Yeah. And Jared, Jared, I love Jared, is like, I'm so nervous. I don't really care about the wardrobe. I just don't want to get fired. I just, I was like, are you sure you still want me in your movie? Which is very sweet. He's like, like so Texan. <laughs> watching, yeah. re- re- like, watching the last episode, I'm just like, his twang comes out and it's very charming. And now you don't hate him anymore, so I can say that to you without you getting angry at me. <laughs> yeah. And also just like, when you compare this with Chama Murray, who's just like, he comes in and Joel Silver and he's like, thanks so much for ha- having us here, Joel, Mr. Silver or whatever. And here's my outfit. And just to be clear, I still intend to gain at least 10 to 20 pounds before shooting. And then Joel looks direct the camera like, uh, no. <laughs> he's like, the studio's gonna hate that. Don't do that. I mean, <laughs> Chad's like, oh, okay. That's the thing we're, uh, Chad, right, when he's like, I'm gonna gain pounds. He can't. Because, yeah, no, of we course he it. can't. He can't gain weight. He, like, Let's just he be honest, can't. he's never done that in any role he's ever he, done. Like, he, this whole, like... But he, like, biologically cannot because of an injury. Oh, really? I yeah, like, that. with his, like, small intestine or something, he can't gain weight. Yeah, we so talked about it in the lying? original episode. Yeah, he can't. He was lying. He was lying to Joel Silver immediately. Well, what's funny is that you, you've just earned bad will like, with him for no reason because like, he didn't want you to do that. It wasn't part of the role. But, like, think about every time you've you. seen Chad Michael Murray, he's, like, he always basically, size-wise, looks the same. For good reason. He's in great shape. I mean, like, he's not in bad shape. It's just, he's acting like he's gonna, like, beef up to, like, Will Smith levels or something. And it's like, what? Super jacked. No, he I mean, I'm not, he's not talking about... Yeah, but I don't even know if he's talking about, like, Momoa or, like, The Rock or something. I don't think he's talking about getting, like, ripped, ripped, like, he... wrestler ripped. Mm-hmm. I think he's just saying, like, I'm gonna gain some muscle, but it's like... Dude, they cast you as they cast you. Unless you brought that up in the room and they said, yes, do that, don't start adding, like, ideas of what you want your character to look like. That's not your job. I d- it's very clear from Joel, Joel's reaction that he's like, uh, no one ever discussed that. You would look weird with 10 more pounds. No, that's not what we're casting you. Don't do that. He literally just says, studio's gonna hate that. Don't. I was like, oh my god. And then Chad is sort of like, oh, okay. 
just like shuffles off screen. But he's sort of like he wants it. To, he's like, I want you to wear like a trucker or like an old fashioned shirt or something. And Chad's like, oh, okay. It's all very dumb. And then um, Jared's just sort of like, oh. And then he just says, shoulder on the hair. And he's like, yes, sir, sure, sir, no problem, sir. <laughs> shuffles out. Um, then we also get the creepy like Paris clothing tests which are very different than the men and very gendered and very misogynistic in my opinion because Mm -hmm. you've got chad coming in in like he's frustrated because he has to be wearing this like extra large like zip up sweatshirt and then over a white like a white like tank like regular tank top or like i don't know white shirt and then he's got these thick jeans and it's like it's a lot like there's a huge amount and a vest on top of it like he's wearing several layers and then Jared is wearing, like, a standard, just, like, you know, 2000s-y kind of look, where mm. it's just, like, a, a, a sweatshirt and some jeans. And then Paris comes in in literally lingerie and a varsity jacket that's hanging off of her. So I get, like, okay, her character's supposed to be at some point wearing this, but to see her, like, walking in that with heels and stuff in front of just Joel Silver splayed out on a couch is disgusting. And I just can't believe that they were like, this is a chill thing to show on film? Like, I know that's part of the movie, but, like, it's just so, it's so, un- everything she's wearing is like this. It's not just that, like, she's wearing maybe one outfit with, like, a full pair of clothes. And then the minute she takes that off, she never goes back to anything more. Which, I guess, they're supposed to be, like, caught at night, and then, like, once she loses that outfit, she's just in the lingerie the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. There's something is really un- unnerving about watching this. But so regardless, she she tests well. They all. It's also like they're very kind of standoffish with the two guys. When she comes in, suddenly they're like, "Oh, Paris, sweetheart, you look great." And she comes closer, and she's like turning around, and I'm like, "Oh, this is so creepy." <laughs> um, and then anyway, so that's that's basically that. They um, they all agree with the wardrobes, and then obviously we said at least she'll come back in later for her wardrobe test. Um, then later on, Chad McMurray gets lonely, he gets a dog, the dog is terrified and looks like it wants to poor puppy. jump, jump poor off the balcony. Like, it's, it's like clearly a dog that did not anticipate being adopted by Chad McMurray. It thought it was going to live its nice life on, like, the Australian outback. It's not it's going like to the Australian outback. But it's, like, on a high rise on the Gold Coast. Like, I don't think this, this dog anticipated yeah. that kind of life. This pup is like, let's go outback tonight. <laughs> but it. It really is like a, it's like a, what do you call it? Oh, he says what kind of breed it is. Shit. It's like a, like a Norwegian Ridgeback or something like that. Like a very big dog. Like these are not like a Mastiff. I think he's like a partly Bull Mastiff mix. So like these are the type of dogs that will be 160 pounds. You don't normally see those on like, like a 20th floor high rise building. Like that's all I'm saying. It's like this, this dog looks very out of its element. <laughs> Just like he takes him out on the balcony to like look out, I guess. Like like dogs don't look out on the balconies, dude. But the dog is like like literally like it's like a cartoon like gripping the walls of the room. Like I don't want to go any further. And he started like yank the 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 um lead over to try and pull it away from the. It's just it's sad. The poor dog looks terrified. But this is where he introduces the concept of being an alpha male, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I mean. I don't know what, if you have any comments on I, the alpha male lifestyle. Like, well, first, I feel like we should rewatch this every year and re- re-record <laughs> about this episode. Oh. And also, God, the thing with Chad Michael Murray is that, like, I know he's the worst. Right. I know this. I know this for a long time. I still would. I still no, would. No, Latoya, no! I still would. Never. Yes. That's like the, wow. I he's on Riverdale now? 
he's the cult leader. He like he leaves the farm. Oh, no, I still would. I like I need to catch up because like damn. Wow. I mean, that's like one. That is one bridge that is too far for me. <laughs> I would never, even at his height, I was just. That's like a, I'm. I'm happy. I'm like proud of myself. I've never really realized it, thinking on it. But even when he was like Tristan and Gilmore Girls, no. Even though like Tristan, just like I would fuck Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> no, it's just not my type. I don't know. I don't like his look. He's not really attractive to me. I find it was insane. God, it's upsetting how attractive I find him. I, maybe it's maybe I'd be more attracted to him if he was like the only attractive person, but like <laughs> next to Jared Padalecki, I'm like, mm, why yeah. the last man starring Chad Michael Murray? Oh god! But yeah. So anyway, so he <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but so what's what's funny too is this whole concept of alpha male. We were mentioning about how he doesn't want the cameras to be like watching him be a bad person, which is like fifty percent of the footage, I would say. <laughs> but he is at the same time; it's like a cursed life. Like you can tell, it's like he has that kind of like, I don't want cameras on me, but I need cameras on me. Like it's the exact concept of being an actor is all within Chad Michael Murray's like persona because he's someone who basically doesn't want the attention on his bad shit. But when he put him in front of like a testimonial cell camera. I've never seen someone more in their element. Like, he looks like he was made to be on the real world. Like, that is truly his exact, like, forte. Uh, so, like, when Michael the- Murray and CT together. I, I just need a moment. <laughs> but see, he has these moments where he's just, like, doing the testimonials. And it's just, like, I feel like we're not seeing him sit down for the first part of it. And, like, checking what it looks like through the camera lens. And, like, getting the perfect kind of, like, I'm going to sit this way and then fold my hands this way so it'll capture, all, like, this on a camera. He just seems someone who's very, he seems like someone who's very in charge of how he looks on camera. Like, he he's very protective of his image when it comes to, like, interviews like this. So, when he's being interviewed, it's not like, you know, Jared where he's just, like, slunked over in a chair just, like, giving, shooting the shit with the, the people filming him. He is, like, pensive. And he's reflecting on the day, and he's giving maxims about being an alpha male. And it just it just seems very intentional, and I feel like he's just a second... I mean, you saying he's a cult leader on Riverdale makes perfect sense, because like, that's what he's going for, is literally just like... If you turned out... If you turn, if you cut this footage up a different way, you could put it together into some kind of shitty Tony Robbins like tape, is what I mean. Well, I'm going to say, um, this is something we haven't done in a long time on the podcast, uh, but fuck, Mary kill... Andrew Keegan's cult, uh, Allison Mack's cult, or John Michael Murray's Riverdale cult. Oh, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> you go first. You go first. Let's see. Um, oh, no. That's a hard one. I'm going to kill Allison Mack's uh, cult because I don't want to be branded, honestly. Oh, no. Uh, let's see. No, let's see. The farm, because that, that's John Michael Murray's cult in the Riverdale. I'm going to say... See, fuck uh, Andrew Keegan's cult with all those mm-hmm. crystals. Even though I, I feel like it's defunct now. I feel like his his cult went belly up, and I guess Mary Chemical Murray's cult because in our in the version we play, <laughs> there's no fucking when you're married. So, I mean, I would, but like, I want to be like like with Andrew Keegan and a bunch of crystals. Hmm. I guess I would marry Andrew Keegan. Oh fuck! Oh. Allison Max cult? No! I don't know! You like, be I don't... branded! Uh, I... I mean... No, I don't want to fuck up Chad Michael Murray, though! You should have married him! 
Uh, I don't want to marry him, though. It's fraud, right? <laughs> it's fraud. I divorce him the next week. <sighs> yeah, I don't. That's a hard one, because I don't really know the details. Honestly, I probably should kill Alice and Max Colt, because they did actual awful shit. Yes. I don't know that Andrew Keegan didn't as well. I have no idea. Um, I just knew there I were a bunch watched... of crystals, and it was in, like, Santa Monica. <laughs> I just know there's a bunch of crystals. That doesn't mean shit, though. <laughs> used to kill people. I don't know. The crystals are like how they made the money. I guess no one was buying the crystals. Aww. Rip the crystals. But no, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess when you fuck them instead and then marry Chad Michael Murray's cult. I haven't watched that season of Riverdale though, so I don't know how that cult is in comparison. Maybe it's good? Question mark? I don't know. I mean, the farm, like, so the farm is introduced as like the cult and it takes forever to actually meet Chad Michael Murray's character. It's like, um, Polly, uh, Betty's sister, is like, I'm in the, part of the farm. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> and then now Betty's mom is in the cult too. And yeah, also Chad's character, uh, the cult leader, is named Edgar Evernever. Oh no, and then I definitely don't want to fuck them. <laughs> Edgar Evernever. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, like, the problem the comic. Is- that's like, that's the, the character's name from the comic. The problem is when I made my decision on who I would fuck, marry, and kill, I didn't realize until you started saying that you would marry them based off of what they're actually doing. Like, I, that it would not be part of it. I thought you meant literally just, like, cult leaders, because that's a whole different no, story. No, no, okay. As cult leaders, then, if we're just being shallow? Yeah. Okay, we're just being shallow now, so fuck, marry, kill. Well, I already said, fuck, Chad. Uh, God, Latoya, that should change! Andrew Keegan is on the table, and so is Allison Mack. Chad, though, I already told you. I already really told you. okay. That says I a lot. guess Mary Andrew because I could see him and like honestly kill Allison. I I think my my original <laughs> answer stands. <laughs> fuck, fuck Allison. <laughs> Mary Andrew and kill Chad Michael Murray. Potentially swapped because I do like Andrew Keegan. I don't want to take off fucking off the table, but yeah, I don't know. He's also very like attractive in that like specific window. I don't know that he looks as good now. He still looks good. That's how he's able to start a cult. That's a bummer. He still looks so good. <laughs> I was hoping he looked terrible or something. <laughs> so nope. Like... He can still get it. Oh, God. Uh, I... What a stupid conversation. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, um, anyway, so his, 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 um, concept of alpha male is basically... I, I've tried to remember. We went into such detail about this the first time. There's it's really well, nothing. It's a very important word to him. But it doesn't even... He barely explains it. It's more actually that Jared is the one that just laughs about it all the time and keeps bringing it up. Because he only has this one concept of being an alpha male and then he kind of just lets it go. Ironically, Joel has comments about being an alpha male that they like intersplice with this, which is just like him talking about being the tough guy. So I do think that either... Chad literally brought it up to Joel, or it's just something that all these douchebag guys have in common, is, like, the concept of being an alpha male. But so he, he's basically, his concept of being alpha male is being the toughest guy in the room, being in charge of things, making your mark. It's a, it's a state of being, it's not just, like, you have to fight to be the alpha male. You have to prove yourself to be the toughest, you have to prove yourself to be the most in charge. Which doesn't make sense, because he's not, in every scene he's in... He's not the alpha male, so it's like I don't know that he why you're is, you're so. pronouncing yourself as the alpha male. He's the beta male in literally every single scenario, and there's a certain level of like years passing and this becoming more of a gross concept. It was dumb the first time, but now it's like there's this extra weight to it because the whole concept of being like a quote unquote beta is such like a dumb 
like online version of like being a cuck stupid stuff like basically that's his I don't, don't be a cuck he's like an early adapter to the whole concept of being a cuck but it's just <laughs> it's shitty it's it's shitty and it's just him trying to front basically I don't know how else to describe it it's just him trying to act like I'm a tough guy it's like no one believes this like you don't even seem to believe this because he's like talking about like stuff he's done that's not alpha male quote unquote I don't get it I don't understand the whole I don't understand the concept he's a failure you're not alpha male I guess why but uh, he barely gets one word out about being an alpha male before Jared is making fun of being an alpha male (laughs) it's hilarious because he's talking about it and they cut immediately to Jared he's like so Chad thinks he's an alpha male I don't know what that's about which is truly an actual alpha male thing to say (laughs) like that's what's so ironic you've done such a hard laugh you're like yeah Jared Padalecki alpha male well, he is! I mean, like, in all the scenes with the two of them, it's just Jared making fun of Chad. Because, like, he's confident in himself and his, like, personhood, and Chad is clearly not. Not! I mean, like, it's not even like he's, like, wavering. It's just, like, he is a bottle of insecurity, like, run rampant. So, he is making fun of it. Um, at the same time, like, they, they have these scenes, so, Jared is making fun of Chad being an alpha male, but you can also tell, which we kind of discussed briefly before starting recording, is that, like, you can tell the people shooting the documentary also don't believe he's an alpha male, because as he's describing this, they start cutting between all these moments where he's being the least alpha person in the world, which is, he has hired this assistant, Jason, who's, like, a friend of his, Mm -hmm. I guess, before being an assistant, um, and he's basically like, hey, you want to go on a trip? He's like, sure. He's the only one with an assistant besides, I think, Alicia, but her assistant is basically helping her do stuff, like, get to and from. Here. You can see. Let me, I had the movie cast and crew open. Let me see who yeah, else had Yeah, I checked. I checked. It's, it's basically just Joel Silver and Gaines, and basically that's it. I don't even think Paris had one, which is wild, but Jared, Jared definitely does not have one. It's very Yeah, accurate. like, producers had it. Yeah, because that's who usually has them. And I mean, I think Alicia got one because she's the yeah, Alicia, star. Like, but, like, stars do, like... But also, like, it's very clear, like, he, he wanted somebody to order around. Like, he, he hired someone... He's like, shit I'm on. also the star, so I should have an assistant. Yeah, that's basically it's, what he's saying. It's basically, like, I don't think he needed an assistant, because the assistant doesn't do shit. Like, he just, like, walks around He's just him. a bro. Yeah, so, like, it's just... It's very much just like oh, I and, and like Alicia's assistant is like an Australian native, so like she hired like probably the studio hired f- like her for her. That's what I mean. Like, I, w- I went deep into this the person hole was like, in this. Yeah, an AD on H two O just had water, just had water exactly, and Monarch Cove. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait, so who did she have for hers? Because I was like, if she had one, yeah. maybe this is something that they had him do. But then I looked and I'm like, no, he also it was had like this guy a studio hire for like Alicia who probably actually like needed it as a professional where yeah, she's like, like just had get, his bro she was there late and she had to have help get stuff and she had to get to and from places Chad Michael Murray this is the same guy that was his assistant on he was like a first AD or something or he was no he's not, like not even AD like just an assistant camera, camera person in on Hill. Hill so like he's just a friend of Chad Michael Murray yeah because he, he got, got the job the- after this right which is so shady, <laughs> which is, I mean, listen, I guess promote your friends, but, like, at the same time, it's clearly, like, I want an assistant. Okay, that's part of your contract. You okay, know. he was a PA on the show first in 2000, okay, I see it now. So he was a, P- a PA on the show first, and then he got promoted to a cam- assistant camera. Which is fine, but, like, it's just so evident to me that he just wants someone there to be, to order around. Mm-hmm. And 
right there that the alpha male, like, on, on some people's version of an alpha male, I guess that applies because he gets to order somebody around and he's in charge of that person. But then you have someone like Jared who's like, yeah, I don't need that shit. I'm just going to show up to set. Like, mm. he comes to set and he, like, goes and meets people and he's like, mm. oh, well, Alicia's here. He yeah. shows up and he says, hey, Alicia, what's up? Like, he doesn't I'm need sure someone to Jared bring him. I'm sure Jared has an assistant now, but he's also on a show that's going into its 15th season. Right. And he show. might literally, because he's producing, need somebody to help him do legwork stuff. Like, it's not like he's... Ch- Chad wants an assistant because he wants someone to h- drive him around. Mm. or like, Even though... Like, a bro, is, though. Because, like... I just, even this point, like, Chad, Chad's a star. I, I get that. Like he just he got just like a bro that like the studio clearly didn't even hire. Yes, I and mean, that's all I mean is like if he, people are being assigned assistants, he brought his own because he wanted somebody he knew he could be quote unquote alpha to. So his assistant, like, there's a scene of this, like, trying to show what he thinks alpha males are, and then they cut to him with his assistant. And I guess what's Might weird is like named Brosif. It's Jason, too. It's not even a good name. But so, he, <laughs> he's not the one driving him around, even. So, like, I don't, I truly don't know what his assistant's there for. It's just to hold his dog while they're in the car. And, um, Chad goes back to the car to get his clothes, and the assistant's holding his dog. And he goes into, like, say they're in, like, a parking garage. He goes into, like, the, the, um, vestibule part of it, and he has the keys. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna go put this in the car. <coughs> Open the trunk. And then he hits the unlock button, or he's like, which one's the unlock button? And he's like, is it green? And Chad Murray clearly is about to lose it, and he's like, yeah. Yeah! Like, he just says it, like, really aggressive. Just, like, he wants, he says it, I'm trying to say the way he does it, but, so he's, which one to open the car? Green? He goes, yeah. Yeah! Like, he wants to snap at him, and like, yeah, idiot, but the camera's there. And then he says, now lock it, after he puts his stuff in, and he's like, okay, uh, is it red? He's like, yeah, it's red, idiot. Like, he jokes with him, but, like, it's clear there's a bit of bite there where he's annoyed at this guy for being dumb, which is arguably pretty dumb to not know green is open and red is locked. But why can't he put, like, what does he need someone to open and close his car for? Can't he just come over, get the keys, and then do this? Like, he has to have someone lock it for him? It's just so... <sighs> it's, 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 like, simultaneously so needy and aggressive at the same time like someone he's like it, it reminds me so much of the favorite where you have queen anne who's just like <laughs> i can't believe you're comparing this to the favorite <laughs> no that's exactly what it's like though where she's like were you looking at me and it's like no <laughs> so look at me look at me look at me and then you get she's like, don't you dare look at me that is exactly what he's like in this entire thing i highly recommend watching it because i truly think he is basically queen anne <laughs> But so he's, wow, he's living. Where is Queen Anne? Yeah, this he's like this kid can't open and close the car fast enough. It's like then don't have I'm, him do it. Like, what's your problem? So this means Sophia Bush, Rachel Vice, <laughs> and Paris Hilton is Emma Stone. No. Yes, that's what it means. Grotesque. You did this to us. Does that make Nicholas Holt J- Jared Padalecki? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. But, yeah, so, like, it truly is just like that, though. Like, he's so, <laughs> he's so mad at this guy for doing nothing. Like, but also, I again, his madness is partly, again, because he can't flip out. So he has to kind of, like, bite his tongue and, like, make these snide jokes, which he's clearly means, but he's trying to play it off like it's a joke. But he, I feel like we're just not seeing the regular part of him, which is just a complete asshole. 24-7, right? Like, every scene you see of him is him, like, fighting against his inner self to not be an asshole on screen. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work. Because he's not really an alpha and he can't control it. But so, um, 
Anyway, so he, like, again, this guy was basically hired for him to dunk on. Every scene with the two of them together is him making fun of this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where he bought, like, this dog that humps, like, it's a stuffed it's dog like, that It's humps. also crazy, because, like, this guy would, would have been, like, just a PA, like, on the first season. Yeah, this is after the first season of Montreal, so he was just a PA, and I guess he, like, broed out with Chad during it, and then he's like, want to come oh, to Australia for I think months? it's his friend. He, I think they were at school together, because he says he's known him for 13 years. Okay, I, I'm like just looking at credits now, and so they they have known each other for I guess. Yeah, but it's still like just very much just you know we, it's like a guy I know that he'll he'll take my shit. So that's how he had the PA job in the first place. Never mind. Oh, it, it, for it, sure, it was all nepotism then. For sure. Well, I think Never they went to school mind. together. I think they both went to school together. I can't be sure. Oh yeah, yeah they're both from Buffalo, so yeah, yeah. they went to school together. Um, so, but it's very clear, like, you know when people hire their friends, sometimes they're trying to help them? This is, like, someone hiring their friends because they're, the, they're the people that will not bite the hand that feeds. That makes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he, pu- he picks somebody, wave. he picks somebody who's just gonna grin and bear it. And so, like, he buys this, like, little stuffed doll, dog that, like, humps things and, like, ties it to his neck and he's like, it's humping you! <laughs> Which, I can't tell, like, sometimes the guy seems to be in on the joke, but then sometimes it's, like, the way the camera shoots it, he's just like, yeah, ha. When's my paycheck clear? <laughs> just like hmm. very, very done. Which can you imagine being stuck alone in Australia, knowing nobody, and then having to hand like wait on Chad Michael Murray? I mean, listen, I guess that's the wrong person I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like that, but to me, that sounds like a living nightmare. <laughs> Spending 24 hours a day with Chad Michael Murray in the middle of nowhere. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Anyway, so he, he's talking about, like, Alpha. They're cutting to these scenes of him being an asshole, which is basically, like, proving he's an asshole. It's so good. Like, the reduction on this, this documentary hates him so much. Because then, on top of that, he goes, the dog has to go get a checkup. He just adopted this dog, so it's brand new. He has to get a checkup, make sure everything's okay. The dog is fine. And I always forget, like, he says, oh, no. They said, oh. And he's like, what did you mean, oh? Because at the time, I'm thinking, oh, God. It's like you're you're watching this for the first time. (laughs) No, I know. My memory is not great, guys. But I I remember there being something, quote, unquote, wrong with the dog. And I was worried at first there was, like, an actual, like, problem with the dog. But the, the, quote, unquote, horrible thing that's wrong with the dog is it has one nut. Which is like, oh, no. And Chad is devastated it's now like not an alpha male if it only has one testicle it's like jesus but jared is like basically anyone who walked up to him on set he's like so did you hear about alan's dog has one nut nut cops i'm like jared see now you love it it's 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 funny i feel like he's the only person who really understands how to deal with chemical murray part of it is why you can stand him yeah, I think that's part of it. I'm like, why are you still occasionally talking to this guy, though? Because he's the worst. But I think it's kind of like... It really if, has never checked out, honestly. And it's sort of like if you have that one, like, friend or colleague or, like, person you're close with who you're, like, you can't stand most of the time, but, like, there's so many good moments when they do hang out with you and your friends that you kind of, like, let the let the door open and the drama come in for a day so that you have stories to talk about for the next year. <laughs> I mean, it would be one thing if, like, we were shown that, like, Chad's, like, a really great friend to, to Jared, but we are shown he is not. <laughs> no, and I don't, I think Jared is, first of all, he's professional, we mentioned that. Like, I think he just, he's there with these people. These are, like, the only people he has to hang out with, so he's gonna be nice enough to them to deal with. But I think on top of that, he knows he has to potentially work with him in the future, even though he has Supernatural. He still is technically, I think, at that point, a semi-regular on Gilmore Girls, or at least, like, recurring at this point or something. So Rory, I have to get married to Lindsay! God. But he also just, like, I think... 
But also, my, 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 my Dean impression is also my Jess impression. Rory, I didn't tell you to come up here. Oh, God. He's the worst. But I love him. Talk about shitty people. Should I do a Marty life. impression, too? Is this just the same impression? <laughs> Rory, where are my clothes? <laughs> Rory, Groucho Marx. Um, <laughs> so, like... <laughs> but so, like, I think he's already probably ready to leave Gilmore Girls, and I think Chad's already left at this point, but you never know. Like, he, he knows he gets cast on a lot of teen stuff. Chad was only in the first season, so definitely he's left. But you never know. I mean, I think he just genuinely thinks, like, maybe I'll get cast on One Tree Hill at some point. Like, he doesn't want to ruin a relationship he might have to deal with in the future. Like, he, they move into similar circles. They got cast on this movie together. Like, there's a very good chance that they'll still cross paths again on the WB or whatever, so he was just probably worried that, like, he wasn't gonna get you know, blackballed by being an asshole to him on the set. Because, honestly, as much as we dislike him in many ways, Chemical Murray at this point in his career is a huge draw for a lot of people. Yes. Um, still is to some. Well, they kept giving him yeah. work. Yeah. I don't know. I do not understand why. He seems like a miserable He's person no to work Badgley. with. He's no Ben Badgley? He's no Ben Badgley! No! Like, com- compare, like, who WB kept giving shows to, like, trying to make stick. Like, Chemical Murray and Ben Badgley. Like, obviously, you go with Ben Badgley. Yeah. Who was so, in John Tucker Must Die with Sophia Bush. And look connected. at... And Ariel Kebble, who played Lindsay on, on Gilmore Girls. But so, so, Jared is just, you know, shitting on him. But I think he's sort of just also... He's maybe used to dealing with people like that. Like, dumb bros. He just... He gets what he can out of the moments they hang out. Like, camaraderie. And then when he starts to be an asshole, he's just like, you know, I'm gonna go. <laughs> just, like, pieces out. Because maybe there are parts of Chad McLean we're not seeing where they do talk and they're friendly, but they just cut him... It's the classic, you know, if he was an asshole to a couple of people every so often, they chose to cut every scene of that, him being nice, off of this. Because he's just a monster the whole time. Yeah. There could be stuff on it's... the floor where he was a very nice guy, you know. But if he was dick enough... To- Times it's like, well, we're not going to show any of the nice stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the edit. It's the classic um, reality TV problem for some people is that they're very nice people, but, but they're edited to look like monsters. But at least a lot of them, too, can also, like, play into it. He's not playing into it, obviously, because he's trying to prevent people from seeing that he's a dick. It's weird. But so, anyway, so he's, he's you know, frustrated. Par- Paris, at the meantime, goes to a birthday party that's themed Paris Hilton, some awful child <laughs> wanted to dress up like Paris Hilton for her birthday, and then yeah. everybody at the party dresses up like Paris Hilton, and they have like a uh, Louis Vuitton cake, and she it's goes just... to the party, and it's this is first of all I have so many comments about this party, it's a disaster. It looks disgusting. The cake looks it's, gross. <laughs> it's all disgusting, and I complained about this originally. It's just yeah. like, why do we allow this to happen? Why do we allow people to be like she's a role model? In the final episode, someone yells at her, you're my my idol, and she says, thanks, bitch. She's like, stop it. Why Why did this happen? But you know what? The Kardashians? Better role models. I don't like the Kardashians at all. Yeah. They are, like, if you're gonna have, like, a, a, a lame pop culture phenomenon like this, I prefer the Kardashians. I mean, they are pretty much, she's partly responsible well, but for But this also their brand is not, like, just, like, being, like above everyone the same way that the Paris is. Her whole thing is like just being too cool for everyone and just like be, she's, we'll talk about it in the final one. Like she's an asshole. Yeah. I mean I think she's similar. Ironically she's only one tier up from the Kardashians. So yes. the Kardashians though like their brand is like it's kind of like it's aspirational. You can be like them too but like obviously they don't believe well, that. Whereas yeah, so Paris's whole thing is like you can never be like me. 
They're the they're. It's ironic because one well, a brief history lesson for those of you that are not gather around so, so cursed to not know that the Kardashians are an offshoot of Paris Hilton. So yes, Kim Kardashian was friends with Paris Hilton growing up. That's who basically got her into the limelight. Mm. And she used to work for Paris. Yeah, she was, like, her assistant, or at least, like, a close friend who was, like, on the payroll. Her closet organizer? Yeah, some shit like that. And literally, like, she introduced them to people, and they were in the same groups when she did eventually hook up with Ray J, which, you know, spawned. For the love of Ray J. So, anyway, so, they're, I think, aspirational in the sense that, like, their parents were wealthy. Um, They came from great privilege, but Paris is was a type I mean, of inherited wealth. Yeah, they, they, they had came never from seen. Uncle Juice. Yeah, but so but she, <laughs> <laughs> but but Kim, they were. I mean, they were definitely wealthy growing up. But like, they were wealthy in terms of like people that they saw their wealth be er, not earned, but like grow during the time that they were born and raised to be older. Paris is a dynasty type of wealth. So she is operating at a level where the aspiration is to just have money that you forget to bring home. There's one point later on, she forgot to bring home 10 to 20 grand. It was like in a, a mm-hmm. like a pocket of a hanger or something, or it was like a drawer. Like they had just, she just forgot the 20 grand in a drawer. So like, that's the kind of wealth that we're talking about, where it's someone who's truly not going to work unless she feels like it. And then if she, she does feel like feel it, like she's going to do, it's just purely commercially... Like, I mean, just cash grabs. Like, all she ever did was just cash grabs, and people just let it happen for years. Which is not to say that that's not what the Kardashians are doing, but, like, there is a brand of, like, you know, they're trying to quote-unquote build companies. and You don't see as much open contempt from them, at least. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, it's there, but I think, honestly, they can't bring the same level of, like... (sighs) condescension because they weren't necessarily born to quite i mean they were already pretty fucking wealthy don't get me wrong but like again the hiltons were literally decades old wealth at this Mm -hmm. point versus the kardashians which were i think new new money i would say yeah um especially because she was basically surrounding herself with people like paris and nikki and um other very famous people so like she was seeing a different level to aspire to so i think that they, they as much as they may try and pretend to be that now you can't really pretend to be a, an heiress, basically. You just are. Does that make sense? Like yes. Anyway, so she she is awful in the scene. Like, it's a birthday party with a bunch of young teenage girls, and the parents, like, let this go on, which is just disgusting, but whatever. We were clearly, like, You're very biased. I'm sure there are people that are like, it's just kids, let them have their fun, but ugh, no. it's just... It's a bunch of kids wearing, like, Von Dutch hats. There's a scene and later on, too, she's, where she's, like... She's basically nagging them, being like, that's so last year. Yeah, like, she's like, oh, some of them had on my nudge hats, which I don't even wear anymore, but it was cute. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh But then, what's even creepier about this scene... So, first of all, she spoils the movie for these people, because she's like, like, what are you here shooting? And she's like, it's a horror film, everyone dies. And they're like, you die? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> girl, nowadays, this would be, like, extreme contract. Yeah. <laughs> like... The whole movie, just, like, they're fucking... <laughs> I know, it's, in fact, like, nowadays, I think this must have aired after the movie, because it truly spoils the entire movie. It's so stupid. But so, um... I feel like, no, it, it definitely, I think it, it aired in aired March? It and the movie was, came out in aired. May? No way. They were really stupid. That's insane. Why not just edit that part out then? <laughs> Jesus. Let's see. Hold on. That's shocking. I'm truly shocked. 
It is kind of a stupid concept, though, because what's this meant to do? Promote the movie? It spoils the entire movie from They would hope, like, the kid... Yeah, this aired, like, uh, end of March. And then, and then like, it, it, it ended, like, the last week of April, so, like, the next week would have been when the movie came out. That's not how you promote a movie, guys. You don't show the making of it. Definitely I don't think... Do they ever do another movie life? I don't think so. No, I mean, they might have realized this is a flawed concept, because basically, what we're talking about is, like, watching a DVD extra, where they just do, like, how they shot the entire movie. So, like, full scenes are shown being shot. Yeah, and this is the only movie life they ever did. And it's also... It's very, um... How do I describe it, too? Like... It's how the sausage get me gets made. Like you're seeing, mm-hmm. like you know, shots get set up and filmed, and it doesn't have the kind of cinematography like a movie does. So you just see like this awkward, like Chad Michael Murray like wrestling with some guy, and it's like cut, and it's like that looks awful. I know that it's gonna look good on screen potentially, even though the movie's not good, but it's not how you promote a movie. It looks so bad. It looks like fake. Well, we all know uh, Pierce dies. Yeah. She and she us. like She told the children. She told children. I mean, that's a contract breach anyway, but like to film it and then show it on screen and like tell them in advance that she dies, you could probably guess she's going to die, but that's a really dumb thing to be like, the whole point people are going to watch this movie for is di- like potentially dead within the first couple hours. Yeah, so, you like, guys are pushing her so hard as the lead. Oh my God. So anyway, so she... God, imagine Paris Hilton as a final girl. Ew. It makes sense that cast Alicia as that role, but, like, come on. Yeah. Hilarious. So they Hilarious. they have the cake, and she's... This is where I have a conspiracy theory that starts. So, bum bum bum. There's this scene where they first put the cake down, and she says, this is the coolest cake I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, what? Excuse me? That's not Paris Hilton. Who's speaking? I had to watch it, like, four times. I thought it was one of the Australian people, but I'm like, they don't have an accent. So I was like, what? It's literally Paris saying, this is the coolest cake I've ever seen in my life. It's a whole different voice. And I was like, oh my god, what? So then I was like, whoa. And I went down, like, a rabbit hole of, like, YouTube videos. So I don't know that- I know everyone must already know this. I just was young enough during her come up that I had no concept. Did you know that the whole Paris Hilton- persona is a fake how so she has a completely different voice she puts on oh she has nikki's voice normally okay yes okay i actually realized this because in the last episode i thought when she was like saying like really shitty things i thought it was nikki and then i had to rewind because i realized no it's, no, paris. it's paris yeah she has it's nikki's paris. voice she i feel like she literally the, her success is behind that voice. I think mean, that's part of... she's. I mean, as much as I dislike this woman, she's a genius. Because honestly, not only am I talking about the cross-promotion, this voice is exactly what the guys in her life want to hear her sound yes. like. It, it might be... At that point, she was like just hanging out with Nikki exclusively. It's probably why she like dropped the voice. Oh, we'll get into it. I, I kept track of when it goes back. She's not even subtle. Like, she's when not she, pretending. It's, at the flea market, when she's leaving, she's just being yes. a fucking asshole. That's when, like, her real voice yep. comes out. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yep. And, and she's not even pretending. Like, there's a breakfast scene in the second episode where she bakes breakfast. She's talking exactly. in her normal voice the whole time, and it's just like, wow, girl, you're not even pretending to have... Like, it's very clearly, a f- like, a facade. And I was like, the... the the <laughs> To me, I was like, oh my god, the curtain has been lifted. I never realized she was a full-on persona. It blew my mind. I mean, I know that she's probably that type of person regardless. I don't think the voice is, like, the is just part of it. <laughs> it's not a complete key. It definitely is, like, an affectation, I would say. And it's certainly, like, how she talks most of the time. So I don't think that it's even, like, a... She probably just defaults into doing it. Like, it's just how her voice is now. She just does it so much. But 
It was for sure a put on, and it was for sure something that she could switch in and out of. Wh- when she was acting, she could have used her actual voice. And oh, she didn't. yeah, my notes are livid because, in fact, later on they ask her point blank, "Do you remember which voice you used for uh, what the fuck?" Yes, yeah, she just yes, and she's like, "No, I don't remember which one." And it's like, what? I was like, either you used your voice or you didn't. But it's yeah, like, oh, like, she's even admitting then, like, she doesn't remember what she did. Because she's choosing to sound a certain way. This is the dumbest rabbit hole ever. It's, it's like, such a conspiracy theory. And I literally have found video footage of her talking about how she basically puts on a voice. So she knows what she's doing. And this is, like, a well-known thing. But I think it just all occurred so early on, before, like, the internet was so prolific... People no just, one's like thinking about that. No, yeah. no. Who also? Who would think that that's a voice you'd choose to make? Yes, her her sexy voice. It's basically no. <laughs> it's basically like she's she's like the modern version of um what do you call it? Pee Wee Herman. Like it's basically oh, not that's Elizabeth how Holmes. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Holmes. Exactly. It's like yeah, that. This is like this is like Elizabeth Holmes, but dumber. Honestly, it's like it's smart though. It's the reverse. It's basically her her trying to act more approachable because that's one of the things. Obviously, people always wonder like why didn't Nikki hit the way Paris did? I mean, there's many reasons, but Nick Nikki is also not. I would say quite as well. Even though I don't think Paris is like conventionally attractive. Attractive. She's just I like well Nikki's made up. Nikki's prettier, but like I feel yeah. Like we all, we all but at the time, this. she was kind of awkward and thin. It's- I think it was they were young. I don't know. It's it's awkward, but she definitely has a deeper voice. She has the actual voice that Paris has. So she didn't, you know, affect anything. And it, to Paris's benefit, it just is exactly what, Like, if you're not remembering Paris, it's like the classic, like, it's hot. Like, it's all very it's just, hot. you know... Uh, like, oh my god, guys, this is so cute. Like, it's very, like... It needs to be breathier. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, guys, it's so cute. Like, I don't know how to... It's just such vocal fry that I can't even get there. But it, it is very babyish childish, just genuinely, like, um, innocent sounding, like, you know, fragile, like, it doesn't sound like Very a Very airhead sounding. Voice. Yeah, and honestly, maybe part of her voice is like that when she's, like, excited or something, but you can hear her code switch between that voice and not using that voice. In fact, when she's making the breakfast, she slowly, when she starts to like what she's making, her voice creeps back to her, like, other voice, and it's very creepy. Like, it's like watching, like the blood come back into her head and she's like, oh, I'm not using my voice. And then she slowly, like, brings it back up. It's it's, it's very like, strange. Kind of like Annie Murphy uh, from Shits Creek as Alexis, where she has the Alexis it's voice. Exactly. Just, like, like, that's what she's going back. for. Yeah. Right? I think Yeah. Like, she's a little bit know. Alexis. <laughs> and to her credit, it works. I mean, it just, it, that's, she is, I, uh, we'll get into it later, but like, the whole concept of her being the lead of this movie is laughable because she's, again, barely in it. But you forget when there's, like, a fire later on, they're talking about, like, the Paris-led horror movie. And she's barely in the movie, but she's just so much more famous than everybody else. They talk about it like it's her movie because she's literally was a cultural phenomenon for decades. And she still kind of is, but she's definitely faded, I think, compared to now. Ironically, her her um, underling Kardashian has taken <laughs> over in that role. <laughs> But I think she also got too old for it, too. Like, I think that, that kind she of person... Out. You definitely age out of the, like, relevancy. Although now, I mean, obviously Kardashians are in that age group, but I would say that they've... Well, they're just, like, making new relevant. ones. Yeah, that's what I mean, <laughs> making new ones. But, like, they've basically just kept, like, younger people being brought into the fold, so they're keeping relevant. Whereas Paris and Nikki are both older, and they don't have younger siblings that I'm aware of, at least. Um, anyway, so she's... She's, like, doing all these, like, weird switches between her normal voice and her other voice, and it freaked me the fuck out. It's so creepy. 
Um, but then, like, later on, she's like, I've never tasted it, but I'm, like, I'm guessing what it would taste like. And it's just, her voice is so deep, and it's so weird. So I highly, I'll, if I do link to the actual, like, video you can watch it at, I'll try and, like, drop some timestamps for people to, like, listen to it. So you'll hear what I'm talking about. But it's pretty clear, and I don't think I'm being crazy. If you also heard it, I think this is genuinely her voice when she's not making this, like, affectation yeah. version of just, like, oh, hey, guys. I definitely heard um, it, and I thought, like, I missed something. It's like, no. Me too. It's like, wait, Nikki's not even here, so wait, what? Yeah, the party, I was like, there's nobody here but other Australian people, so I was like, I don't know who the heck's voice it could be. But please explain to me how I could possibly be wrong if you see something different. But anyway, so there's that. There's, there's also this, like, prolonged meditation on being a paparazzi victim, which is kind of dumb. It's just her talking about how they've booked rooms across the, um, in a different hotel, so they're on the same floor, so they could snap pictures of her in the hot tub. And, you know, I mean, it's, sh- it's shitty, I agree, but it's, there's another level of, like, her being, again, just... Every time she's on screen, she just grates on my nerves. <laughs> she's awful. Uh, but then we also get Alicia Cuthbert for the first time she arrives. Um, she has all the same issues that Chad Michael Murray does with the wardrobe people because she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to look like frumpy because you've got Paris in like this lingerie and then she's also supposed to be like going to bed at some point and they gave her like long johns is what she describes. <laughs> so she's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, oh, listen, I'm not trying to act like I want to look like Paris Hilton, but like, I don't want to look like this old, this weirdo. So she's just sort of like giving her constructive feedback and then they work it out together. She's like, oh, this is perfect. I love this. So it's like, she's the only nice person there. Like, I, we didn't see Jared, I guess, but genuinely this wardrobe person is trying her hardest and Maybe with Jared, I think he just kind of goes in and he, she's like, here, wear this. He's like, okay, great, thanks, and then leaves. But for, I just hope Joel doesn't fire me. It's literally all yeah, he's saying in the first like episode. He, he doesn't put up any fight at all, which is maybe not the best way, but it doesn't matter. It works out fine for him. But <laughs> Alicia has actual, like, well, I like this, but I'd rather this. But she, like, works with this woman, and they're very friendly, and she's, like, helpful. And she has issues, but she's, like, polite about it. So, you just see the difference in how people treat this lady versus how Chad Michael Murray was just sort of like, well, I wish I had other options. Just, just rude remarks. Just oh, like Chad. And so then later on, when she's in the makeup uh, chair getting her makeup ready, uh, Jared walks in, like, rips off his sunglasses, like, you're here. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> but he's there trying to do some chemistry reads with her because he explains, rightfully so, that, like, they're supposed to be playing girlfriend and boyfriend, and it's hard to, like, get a good read on how your personalities are gonna mix when you haven't even, like, met yet. So he wanted to make sure that the first time they talked with each other was not on film. Way to go, casting! You didn't even do a chemistry test before you cast them. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, they might have, but definitely not, like, enough for him to be comfortable, like, doing long, extended scenes. That's sort of the kind of thing they should have done at length prior, but it's very clear this is a very slapdash production if he hasn't. I guess, again, I guess she was busy, obviously, so, you know. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, She probably was, like, like, offer only, so she probably didn't have to audition, so they were probably, she probably would give the role and then, like, a bunch of other stuff was, like, built around her. It's just very sweet, because I think he just is like, well, well, hi there, ma'am, I'd sure like to do some chemistry reads with you. <laughs> like, that's how it kind of comes in. <laughs> And she's like, oh, hey, how are you? And they just, like, talk in there. He's texting, she's Canadian, it's just them, like, both being really nice to each other. Exactly. And then, but I do think it's funny, because his, like, his, like, icebreaker is just the shit on Chad Michael Murray together. 
Because he's like, so, did you hear about Chad and his dog? And she's like, no. And he's like, he's talking about being an alpha male this whole time. And then he explains how the dog went and got the checkup. And he's like, and it's only got one knot. And they both, like, crack up together. And they're like, <laughs> and it's like, basically, like, a little rainbow appears. And they're like, fast friends. <laughs> Just, like, making fun of Chad and Michael Murray together. Yeah, and when then we hear about Jerry Padalecki and Alicia Cuthbert still being, like, best friends. Well, we hear about him and goddamn Chad. Oh, God. And then what's annoying, too, is, like, it literally, you see these scenes of them all getting ready the next day, too, in the makeup chair, and you have, like, Padalecki getting, like, because, you know, it's it's makeup. It's what anyone has to do when they're on film, because film makes you look like a weirdo without makeup. You get, like, a, a ton of... you do. I mean, people look very strange. If you look up Google people without makeup on, on film, it looks bizarre. But, um... See? But so, um, Padalecki's getting, like, the basic foundation and, like, some- he's got such, like, dreamy, like, long eyelashes and stuff, so, like, they're doing a lot of, like, eyeliner stuff. You're, like, you're really getting into it. Listen, I was always into him. It was never that- that was never a problem. It was more just I was annoyed by him as a person. You would- listening to that episode, you would never know. Uh, well, it was maybe just like him. I've had to deal with my internal, my insecurities about being so attracted to him that I was lashing out. Jesus, I can't believe <laughs> after all these years. I'm gonna start a foundation for people that are interested in Jared Padalecki. <laughs> all right, so um, he's getting all this makeup done, and so is Chad. And then Chad, like again, very aware of the camera, is just like, "Don't film me getting my makeup done," and basically shoves the camera away, which is crazy what did you think you were signing up for sir i think he thought he was just gonna do like the the interstitials of like the testimonial stuff i think that's what he thought this whole thing was gonna be like i don't think he realized that they were gonna literally follow him around all day and he was cool with it in the beginning because he's like i have this one cool plot line they can use which is get the dog and then he's like well, well, the dog the cool and then the proposal yeah the obviously yeah and once those two things are done he seems to just be like no, I'm done. No more, please. Like, he has no interest in the, the cameras following him around anymore. But, um, regardless, they're, like, pointing at them, watching them getting their makeup done. He's like, uh, please don't film me getting my makeup done. Like, shove the That very away. alpha male, you know? Yeah, meanwhile, Padalecki, they're, like, talking about stuff, and he's like, and he kind of, like, smiles as they're doing his makeup, and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm smiling. And she's like, it's okay. And then she goes back to doing his eyes, and it's just, like, the exact opposite with Chavical Murray, because it cuts from, like, Chad shoving the camera to Jared talking about what the what the production schedule's like and, like, literally closing his eyes to make sure that his eyelids get makeup on them. So it's just, it's just, like, night and day. <laughs> and it's just, it, it can also be said that Chad Michael Murray is an average-sized dude. Jared Padalecki, this is still, like, at his... He's a big boy. Yeah, he's, not, he's, he's at his mass. thinner, right? He's not as jacked as he is now, but yeah. he's also still, like, at a minimum, like, 6'4 or 6'5, I would say. So, it's hilarious to me that, like, all this drama about John Michael Murray being alpha, and you have the very casually enormous and imposing Jared Padalecki just, like, casually getting some makeup done and next to him. Also, just, like, casually married for ten years, too. I know this is before he got married, but I, it's just in the back of your head the whole time is that, like, all this shit with Sophia Bush is, is gross. And then, meanwhile, Jared Padalecki is... He has a girlfriend who he eventually, I guess, didn't marry, but... Yeah, at this point, he, he was still with Sandy, who was the one he was engaged to but didn't get married, and now he's with Genevieve, who he is married to. And they have three and, kids, which I just saw. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and, and genuinely, though, like, oh, one of his children's middle names is Elliot, guys. <laughs> How weird. <laughs> but so, um, what's funny, too, to me is that Jared is just, like, really casually, like, 
nice and calm and like talking about being good. This like is seriously, like o- opposite day is happening right now. But he's like concerned about being good partners. Even the rumors later on that Chad Michael Murray tries to spread about him flirting God, with Paris. This it's so. It's so it's insecure. Insane. It's very insecure too. Like clearly he was probably flirting with Paris and then the no, next he day was he was cheating with Paris. Well, I know, but like. Even the we beginning now, but even the beginning parts of that when he was just like flirting with her, like as soon as he started doing that, he's like, you know, I saw Jared flirting with Paris, and Jared's like, I mean that's funny, but I'm in a relationship and so she, so I didn't do that. <laughs> it's just and you can, and it's like immediately so threatening because it's just like it's very clear that he mean he's dead serious, and then you have you have John Michael Murray who's like, oh whatever, I just think. I, I was just calling you at night and you didn't answer. And he's like, yeah, I was asleep. <laughs> it's just like... You know who else was asleep? Paris. But it's it's so funny, though, because Chad McMurray thinks it, he's being, like, a, a little shit. And he's, like, making fun of him. But, like, Jared is not being rude. He's just like, yeah, but that didn't happen, man. Like, he's just very Texan. Like, we're talking. Like, he's like... It's very, like... It reminds me kind of a little bit of, like, I'm not gonna play a, that. It's like a little Riggins-y where he's just like, that's funny. But it didn't happen. So stop saying it. Great. You're, you're now joke. comparing Jerry Padalecki to Tim Riggins. Like, you've, you've gone far it's, in this one. It's realistic, though. I think they are similar. No? I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but it's just amazing how, how things... How the worm has turned. The worm has turned. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, Padalecki's just, like, just like being a complete, nice, friendly guy. Also, Jesus! Like, it's... <laughs> sorry. It's bad. Um, but there are also these hilarious moments where Chad Murray is just being a random asshole to just random people as they come across him. Like, there's, like, a random crew member that comes up to him, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. And he's just, like, shoving him out of the way. He's just the worst. Every I also, time I kept thinking, oh, he's like, I'm, I'm exaggerating his awfulness. He just does something terrible to a No, that person. one is actually correct about how awful he is in this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like after we originally uh, recorded this back in the day, I just like kept like racking my brain, like, what did Jared do? <laughs> I can't believe how it's changed. <laughs> after all these years, there was there was an answer, but it was not to the level that you, that you were at. Just please picture me wearing glasses so that you know that time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> I've aged. Um, so yeah, it's um it's clearly an act for Paris to put on this voice because the next scene in the next episode is her doing the breakfast stuff. I'll try and link to that that timestamp too. That is the most egregious because you hear her you hear her literally move back into her normal voice. Which again, I don't even begrudge people because personas are a thing. I mentioned Pee Wee Herman or whatever. Or Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> two, the two extreme examples. <laughs> uh, oh know. yes, the two genders. Pee Wee Herman and Elizabeth Holmes. But that is truly what it's like. It just, you hear someone basically, it's like she woke up and then she was like putting on her jacket and then her jacket is her voice. So like she just gets up and suddenly you're her like. jacket is her voice. <laughs> it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's definitely like an accoutrement is all I'm saying. Like you hear God. her really switch it on. Um, uh, so she's, she's getting ready. She's talking about all her shit and she's just being Paris and annoying. Meanwhile, we, this is where we're, inter- we're introduced to this insane C plot of Chad Michael Murray proposing to Sophia Bush. I mean, it was so romantic at the time. 
Was it? I don't yes. think any. Oh, see, I, I didn't I didn't watch this live. I think we went over that last time. And you, you weren't watching Winter Hill either, right? No. Yeah, yeah. And I never give a shit about any of that. So you I weren't you weren't bad. shipping Brooke and Lucas. So I tried yeah. watching it because it was a you know, it, it was a WB show. I was going to give it a shot. I hated it from the get go. But Which is insane because the first season is great. I just didn't like Whitey. It. I honestly think I didn't like. <laughs> I don't think I like Chad Michael Murray, and I think that was what grew me crazy about. That's obviously why, yeah. That's clearly yeah. why. Well, well, I mean, I liked everybody else on the show. I didn't, I didn't like Hillary Burton that much either because of all she her was, like. She's MTV not great stuff. on the show. Well, I didn't like her like VJ stuff. She was annoying on. MTV. Wow, I love, I love VJ Hillary Burton. Mm-mm. How dare you? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I think it was I was very like a big fan of who was already a DJ or VJ, so I was just kind of annoying. like Caduce. Caduce. There's a lot of people that I liked, but, like, she just was sort of, What's like, Caduce a, up to? I don't know. But she was, like, an interloper, and I was like, get out of here, you new person. She was voted by America! Not me! I didn't vote for her. I voted for her. <laughs> I don't remember who I voted for, but it was not her. Um, anyway, so she's, she's, uh, he's talking about proposing to Sophia Bush. This is, you know right away they should have dropped this whole plot and then just walked away and hoped they would have edited out the one scene where he calls his dad. But the fact that he does that and then he thinks, like, this is a chill thing for me to continue doing is truly psychotic. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. I forgot how absolutely insane this whole plot is, but let's just go through it. Because it's it's truly one of its own... Like, this is probably what this whole show was about for some people. Is this is the show that where John Murray proposed to Sophia Bush. So he calls his dad and talks to him about the fact that he's going to propose to her... And then he describes, he's like, I should have known something was up, because my dad's first answer was, uh, huh? And I was like, why would you tell that? You know that you're going to be engaged with this woman. You don't want to, like, let her know that your dad wasn't into it. And then he describes later on, he was talking to, to Jared about it, and he's like, yeah, I told my dad I'm, I'm proposing to Sophia. And he was like, ay, 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 ay. And it's like, what? And I was like, why is this the way they're talking? And he describes that his his family just doesn't get married. Quote, unquote, we just don't get married. We don't All get married. All the alpha males in this family. <gasps> and so, apparently his brother's been with his girlfriend at this time for nine years. I was like, sounds like your brother's an asshole. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Okay, fine. Marriage isn't for everybody, but, like, even then it was definitely a tax write-off for many people. So, it sounds like he's just choosing not to get married. I don't understand. Like, he was describing it like his brother wasn't letting the wife get him to get married, the way he's describing things. It wasn't just that they were like, our family isn't a big fan of marriage because of this trauma we had about our parents' marriage. None of that. Just sort of like, we don't do that. We don't get we don't get nailed down. But when I met Sophia, how do I describe Sophia? I guess she's my cold breeze. <laughs> it's, just, just, it's just, every time I think he's the worst, he just finds the floor lower. <laughs> and then he describes what he's going to go shopping for the ring. He describes what you need to get for the for her hand as A, something sufficient, and B, from the heart. I was like, A, something sufficient? How romantic. <laughs> I was like, sufficient. sufficient. Also, like, low-key, the ring he got her is, like, not great. Like, you're a movie star, allegedly. Like, what are you doing? Allegedly. Well, I mean, it never really, it never materialized. He's a, he's a TV star, and yeah. Well, he's in this movie. I mean, he's supposed to be this movie star, but he's clearly it never materialized for a reason. But, wow. <laughs> Am I wrong? Freaky Friday. Yeah, and Cinderella story, and neither of them went anywhere. That was his only, it was it was just him hitching a ride. I'm sorry, female. Freaky Friday has the, the, the hit song Ultimate, which I recently <laughs> mentioned on Punch Up the Jam. Listen, I get it, 
But at the same time, he's. But he also had that hair in that movie. And those movies were carried by female leads, not him. He's an afterthought in everything he's ever been in. So um, Jesus. <laughs> am I wrong? Every- Where's the lie? <laughs> everything he's ever been in? Yeah, including Sophia Bush. Wow. <laughs> okay, keep going. Wow. Right. So <laughs> this is also the point where my Padalecki hots kind of Hots go lukewarm for a minute because he starts freaking out about the wax braced on. And oh, yeah. this is where he gets kind of annoying. You were, like, really upset with him, though, last time. It was... It's still really stupid. <laughs> I think you guys conceded that. Like, you thought... Uh, it makes sense, though, he's concerned about... Well, so here's the thing. When I'm watching this now, having forgot what happens later on, I was a little bit more like, dude, relax. But when you see what happens later on, you understand, like, maybe he was right to be concerned about all the stunt people because they were awful at all. They were literally sued for their malpractice, the stunt team. By the way, they were doing the the um the fire the day of the shoot, so I don't think it's a far reach for them to be like, for for Jared to be like, can I just see what you think about this wet wax spray? Because you're describing it's hot wax being sprayed on me. Will that burn me? <laughs> Which is now that you think about it, it's like okay, he's concerned about like his face and his body because it's like his money. So he's probably just like, can we make sure I'm not gonna like die or something? And eventually they show him and he seems to calm down, but there's like this whole like. 20 minute sequence of him just like honestly kind of having a bit of a freak out about it probably from actual phobia of like maybe the claustrophobia or like the fear of the hot wax or something because he starts talking he starts just rambling about like his life and how it's it could potentially hurt his arms because he's been drinking so much water and using so much moisturizer that's gonna (laughs) affect his skin i was like dude and this stunt guy doesn't break eye contact he's like See how my hand breaks out if I don't use enough moisturizer? And he shows his hand to the stunt guy, and the stunt guy doesn't even look away to look at his hand. And he's like, yeah. And it's just clearly like, this is going to happen, so I'm waiting for you to feel like you've said enough nonsense in my face so we can get back to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is spraying your hand with wax. Like, What a great just, job. It's a very like tough Australian like stunt coordinator guy. He does not seem to have any time of day for Jared Pedelec. He's freaking out about his skin moisturizer. <laughs> but, um, while this is all going on, there was another scene, too, where, like, Alpha Male Chemical Mary describes I used to wax my hand all the time, and I was like, you mean, like, wax your arms? And I was so confused. But then he describes that he used to... Guys, this is a real quote from Chad Michael Murray. God. He used to burn candles until there was no wax left, and then pour it on his hands and make molds. <laughs> I mean, you made a Dominic Monaghan bust, so... Listen, that's a whole different thing. That's weird. <laughs> Who does that to their own hands? That's hot. Hot wax is hot at the end of the day. Oh, wow. Hot wax is hot. But it's not like a... I mean, it's a pleasant... Paraffin wax is is a pleasant warmth. He's describing burning a candle. That's going to be hot, hot wax. That's like a psychotic thing to do to yourself. (laughs) To pour an entire candle's worth of wax on your arm and let it harden and then pull it out like it's a sculpture? Um, The wax guy eventually convinces Jared to do the wax test and... Even though he does it on someone else first, Jared sort of settles so like so much. He just sort of like okay, he kind of like makes peace with the pet that he has to do this because it's what he signed up. It's like a movie about being covered in wax, dude. What did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> but he just sort of kind of makes peace with it, and then Chemical Murray starts lighting like the ninety six tea lights he bought. So at first, I-, I thought this was kind of romantic, but now I'm sort of confused because. The way to have it set up down below, I thought he was going to do, like, a will you marry me below? Is that what he does? 
But I don't he think like, he does that. It's just like a heart. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a chance to be kind of romantic It's like, there. I love you, but it's not full spelling. It should have been, will you marry me? He should have brought her to the edge of the, the Sophia, balcony and then will looked down. you? <laughs> and then just see, like, let's look at the skies Bungie. tonight. And then, like, look down and then there's, there's beautiful, will you marry me? But instead, it's, like, just the I heart you. And then everything upstairs is already pre-lit. It's stupid. I just, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So good. So she, she, she gets brought into his big high-rise apartment in this hotel, well, a hotel room. And he has all these candles set up, and we don't even see the proposal, which is fine. Actually, I'm happy about that, because this whole thing is so non-romantic, because it's all on camera. And, like, not to get too technical into the actual, like, real-life version of what was going on behind the scenes, but eventually, Sophia Bush, Sophia Bush files for divorce, basis fraud. She thinks yes. that she got, like, basically, like, talked into to getting engaged to him, because it'd be beneficial to the show, and honestly, she could have cited beneficial to this documentary because basically she's being filmed as she's being asked to marry. Like, of course she's going to feel pressured to say yes. And eventually they do get married, but they divorce very quickly afterwards, even though the, the annulment didn't work out. But so what's weird here, too, is like his whole proposal is sort of more about like his own... Like, he wants it to be like, woo, Chad Michael Murray's so romantic, but it's not even that romantic. He has his assistant doing a lot of the work. And he's sort of just like, I guess I'm going to go get this ring. I guess I'm going to go buy some candles. Like, it's so, it's so different than, like, what you anticipate to be, like, a, a romantic version of this. Because it's kind of, like, by the book, like, you know, Lights, he's at a pretty hotel. They've been dating for a while or whatever. And he's quote-unquote in love with her. This is supposed to be kind of a big moment for them. But instead, it's sort of like, mm, no, just... She said, yes, dude, <laughs> just calling over the balcony, just like... Yeah, dude. <sighs> so then, well, it's funny, though, like we mentioned before about the, the people who produced this documentary hating him, as they're putting all their candles down, in the background is is literally base, uh, Basement Jacks, where you, where's your head at playing, <laughs> which is just God. so Savage. Rude. That is so rude, and I, I'm here for it, because it's so, like... It's like Lily, like, where's your head at, at, at? And he's like, I'm putting the heart here. And it's like, oh my god. It's edited like someone will be editing like a prank video. Like he must have been furious when this aired. Or he didn't even watch it. I can't tell one or the other. But um, yeah, so he lights all the candles. She says yes. Um meme- again, like cut to later on. Apparently the dog has wrecked his apartment. Like there's not a lot of like actual plot like it's not like a reality tv show where there's just like consistently something going on it's more like they just randomly cut weeks it's not like there's a through line really it's because it's all really in service of the movie but right chad just gives these gems because he's He's a psycho nightmare and also just like it's very clear like the whole like concept of like it being kind of a fraud i mean the one thing that really i would say uh, in terms of reality show is like it's clearly like written as a reality show is the paris stuff obviously right for sure and that's partly because she's probably just like used to doing reality tv and knows Mm. what they need in terms of like i'm gonna do this let's call somebody and have them do a kid's birthday party where they dress like me cool let's go like that's basically like how that all worked out because there's no way that people were actually well maybe i guess it's possible that the people had a birthday party they all dressed as paris but it's very clear that they probably set that up because you don't accidentally get like a letter at just the right time for her to go to this party but um so yeah so she she's the one actually doing like reality tv show plot lines the rest of them are pretty much just like they probably were like told like at the end of the week turn in your footage and then they'll try and splice together some kind of a plot 
Like, this this week, so it was just, like, the dog wrecked Chemical Murray's apartment and causes $10,000 worth of damage, so he brings him to training. Jared goes with them. I think, honestly, just to laugh at him in public, because he's just there, like, as Chad, as Chad is trying to get the dog to socialize. Like, it's such a quintessential Chemical Murray thing. He brings this dog, because the dog wrecks the apartment and truly trashes it, shits everywhere, tears up everything, costs him all his money and damage. It's honestly not that difficult to keep your dog from doing that. Just get a cage for it. Jesus Christ. But so he brings it to this, like, doggy training program where, you, like, it socializes oh, with other God. dogs. And it, it's supposed to, like, make the dog more less good. temperamental. I mean, good. <laughs> it's supposed to, like, let the dog understand how to, like, behave. But even this, like, he brings it to this thing and he, like, takes it off the leash and then just, like, shoves it towards the other dogs and then walks away. It's like, that's not how this works. You're supposed to, like, help socialize your dog. Like, he's just not used to actually doing anything and making an effort in anything, it seems like. So he just sort of expects the dog to figure it out on its own. And so you see all these other dog owners, like, jumping down to, like, protect their dogs from his awful dog. Because <laughs> it's, like, going out to people and just, like, ramming their dogs. Because it's this huge mastiff and... In the, in the background, you have Jared just like like laughing hysterically, like he's he looks like um Brendan Fraser at the Oscars, just like <laughs> like he's off on his own, just like cracking up, pointing and laughing at people because it's comical to think that Chandler Murray's gonna be a good dog dad or whatever. He, he treats it the same way that he treats his relationship with Sophia Bush, an opportunity for screen time, nothing else, and. <laughs> Honestly, the whole, like, you know, this being a fraud thing, I'm not that shocked if he got the idea to propose to her because he was like, I need something to, like, film. It does not seem like he was, like, planning on proposing and then he's like, happens to be there. It just sort of seems like, well, I'm here, I'm bored, I might as well propose to her, right? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea when she visits. And then they do it. It's like, what the fuck? She's not even on screen that much. So it's not even like they were, like, talking to her a lot and he's, like, remembering how much he's in love with her. He basically just is like, well, while she's over here and she's here... I can get her to say yes on camera. Sound good? And then they're like, yeah. They're all like, yes, please. <laughs> that sounds perfect for our nightmare like documentary of you being a monster. But um, So he, he um, fucks up the dog further. The dog just continues to be a nightmare. Paris, I think at some point, changes hotels or something. I don't know what happens there. They don't actually describe it. But Wait, she, she changed the, the hotel? One. Well, she's first staying at this place called The Regent, and she says it's basically a motel, but it's this nice, like, four-star hotel. She's not staying in the same place they're staying? Well, later on, she moves to the Versace Hotel. Her and Nikki stay there because everything's mm-hmm. Versace. They never explain why. I don't remember that. They might have gone to a zoo, and they might have taken a different hotel, but she stays in the new hotel mm-hmm. the rest of the the foot like the rest of the well, shoot i you know what i wish they could have gotten more footage but like what was nikki up to like when she wasn't with paris because like she's not there as, as paris's assistant she's just there as as a nikki friend? yeah like she's just hanging out see nikki was the fascinating one to me i, I never gave a shit about paris no nikki same. was probably like horrible too but like that was kind of why, why we loved her I'm yeah like, at least, well, they, yeah, she wasn't fronting about how much contempt no. she had for everyone. They go to a zoo the whole time, uh, Nikki's just like, eh, and Paris is like, taking 300 another, with everything. Another, 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 She's taking photos of this koala, and she just wants, like, 300. The <sighs> same pose. It's so bad. But then she's like, well, you know, how many times do you get pictures with a koala? I'm like, about 300 is what you just described. Go to Australia again. Yeah. But so, Joel Silver also, in this next scene, like, basically calls Chemical Murray a wimp because he's describing how, like, a lot of these actors are not really committing to their performances. We needed them to make sure that they're believable on screen. 
as people who could hit people or take a punch. And then they cut to Chad Michael Murray, like, trying to get his, like, at-length coffee order correct with his assistant. <laughs> it's hilarious. Because he's, God, like... the dragging they do It's so good. Because that is very clearly, like, deliberately, because they cut from Joel Silver saying, like, some of these actors have never hit hit anybody or taken or given a punch. It's very clear. We need to make sure that they're more believable on screen. Cut to... And so, two drips of coffee. Two shots. Two shots of caffeine. Yes, two shots of caffeine and then extra foam. Like, it's clearly, like, fuck you, Chad Michael Murray. It's great. And then also, like, him saying, like, they're not committing to their performances is also true because as they're doing this, like, fight training, Chad Michael Murray, like, gets a call from somebody and he's like, can I take a break and take this phone call? And he's like, so we're doing good. I'm a little tired doing a lot of training. And the, the stunt guys are like, I'm being paid by the hour, so whatever, but this is stupid. Like, you're not doing anything here. And it's very clear to me, like, why, part of why this, this movie probably didn't succeed as well is that None of these people were very good on screen. Like, the power stuff, I'll mention later, how we, the whole actual, like, how she fucked up, like, ADR, but she is asked early on when she first gets there, like, what are you doing to prepare for this role? She's like, well, I think we start filming in, in a month and a half. And they're like, yeah, like, what? how much time are you, like, doing to prepare? And she's like, we start filming in a month and a half. Like, so basically none. Like, she doesn't understand the concept of what, what like, lead-up time is needed to prepare. Like, they're probably phrasing it differently, but pretty much they're saying, like, how much time are you doing in prep for becoming this character? And she doesn't understand the question because she's not doing anything. <laughs> and that's, honestly, not, not even her, to, like, that's not her fault, really, because she's being cast as Paris Hilton because she's not an actress, really. She's been doing this for years at this point, doing, like, cameos and things, she eventually goes on the Veronica Mars to do the same stupid cameo. It's <laughs> not like she's being cast because she's a good actress. She's never been a good actress. She's just a cameo. She know. might have done Veronica first, actually, which is even worse that she got this job off, like, after Veronica. That character is, I mean, literally, I, I quote-unquote character. She's just a monster. Yeah. And she's always just playing, like, bad people but honestly she's not doing much actual acting it's just sort of like her talking with like these people's names in their in her mouth they, just, they never go into her background really she's just like playing this anonymous vapid socialite because that's who she is so she's just using different people's names because that's who the quote-unquote characters are like in this they keep describing like it's a real departure from my normal thing because she wears hip-hop clothes I'm like, what does that make a difference and to her character, <laughs> what she's wearing? What? Again, hip-hop clothes. Like, she wears, like, a fucking juicy tracksuit. Track That's not hip-hop clothes. What are you talking about? Oh, good lord. I, I was, I didn't know what to make of that. And then further into the episode, the episode you get, she just gets less and less engaged with the whole concept of the movie. And it's very clear. I don't think I ever actually even saw this movie, but, like, she's not. It's fine. She's not present for her role. She's basically just doing the classic, like, I'm playing Paris, but saying, instead of Chad Michael Murray, Joe, or whatever your name is in the movie, like, she's just changing your name and still being the same person. She's just playing herself. And some people make a living doing that. Like, you can do that very well and literally be get nominated for Oscars doing it or some shit. She's just not doing that. She's just doing, like, the, the bare minimum of effort which is basically no effort at all. Um, so she also, the main, at the same time, like, uh, she's talking about going to this FHM party where she's, like, being honored because she was on the cover and she sings because this is around the time that she was pretending that she could sing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I don't, it's after stars are you blind. Are, you are, like, more, like, yeah, her music. 
you're pro her music more than you were like you Jared. hated Jared. <laughs> you were like her music though. I love it. I do have a soft spot for Stars Are Blind because it's a very distinctively stupid song that if you listen to something enough, I don't like to do that whole like quote unquote guilty pleasure thing. I enjoy that song. Like that song bops to me. It's not good. I understand it's a shitty song, but I like the beat. I think that her voice is the right tenor with the beat. It works out fine. I don't think I've literally ever heard another song by her though, so I'm not trying to act like I'm a huge. And fan this is the song she's promoting this whole. No, it's like some season. other. Sh- oh, what's she saying? It's called Screwed. It's screwed. Screwed. She says it's called Screwed because it's like when you're dating a guy and you know that he's not the one for you, and so you're screwed. <laughs> That's that is literally <laughs> almost verbatim what she says, and then she gets on stage and it's like I'm screwed, you're screwed. It's like the stupid. It's like a joke from like a, a Josie and the Pussycats like style like i'm just literally being promoted to do nothing like she's the kind of like vapid version of what they were anticipating characters becoming in that sh- in the movie or or some version of like a spoof on like pop culture because honestly this is like the, the wild wild west when she was popular it felt like anything could happen because it just is like everyone knows that she's not good at any of this and they're just like letting it happen it never made any sense to me. Like, I, I liked her music enough because it was just, like, stupid, vapid shit. But, like, I was never a huge fan of hers. Like, I didn't watch A Simple Life or whatever. But I think that, like, this is the era when, like, she was doing this kind of stuff. And, like, Lindsay Lohan was doing stuff like this. And, like, there's a lot of people that were just basically just, like, releasing albums wholesale. And then going to, like, number one. And it felt like... If you were somewhat known, you could basically also, like, add a third threat and become a famous mm-hmm. pop singer with no... Like, honestly, what she didn't make any of those songs. She basically just read some lyrics in a studio and then released an album. There's no way she, like, sat and, like, worked with an actual, like, recording. <laughs> Do you, can you picture her, like, going in and being like, I want this to sound a little bit different? She clearly went in and just basically read off some words and then they released Yeah, she gave album. no input. Yeah, it's just... And listen, I don't even begrudge her because I don't think she was a, a singer, but they realized that, like, the fact that she could even hold the slightest of a tune with a lot of auto-tuning, they're, like, good enough. And they released the album and... And fucking fuck us, because everyone went out and listened to it, myself included, so she fucking made money off that too. So, this is what I'm talking about, where this is just like one, we're watching one line, or one dot in a long line of just rampant consumerism from her. It's just so funny to be like, reflecting on it in retrospect, because it is still present, but I don't think that you would necessarily hear like Kim Kardashian releasing an album. It's not going to be received as well as it was back then, which... At least you would have Kanye to produce it so it could actually become good. (sighs) Don't even, don't even, I don't even want to think about it anymore. You brought it up! I know. I'm keeping it going. But sometimes you just need to stay in your lane. And she, this is the, this is the era of people just swerving lane by lane by lane and just, Mm. just crashing into the guardrails. But so she, um, she's at the FHM party. It's, it's just nuts. Meanwhile, there's this, like, hilarious, not hilarious, like, dark, like, um ominous scene where one of the production crew or like stunt crew people is describing like the way that the set is built is it's all wax and then you have like (laughs) you have jared who's talking about he's like it's wax this wax forks and wax chairs and wax tables and wax napkins and wax people wax everything and he's like i'm a little sick of wax he's like it's clearly freaking him out that everything's waxed because he's ironically sort of nervous about the fact that wax is very flammable and like wax is very hot when it gets hot and he's like kind of freaked out by the whole concept 
And then the crew is sort of bragging to the camera because there's like these little cuts to the crew and he's like, ooh, this is the wax that we're going to pour. It's real hot. Ooh, it's a mess to clean up. And like, there are all these like braggy shots about how complicated it was to build the set. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, that is so dumb. Like, why are they building a set that's this much? You don't need it to actually be like wax. Like actual wax, especially because sets get very, 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 very hot. I mean, that's, to me, I was like, I know very little about being on a set, but I know from, like, watching enough production stuff behind the scenes and in front of the scenes where it's, like, you have, like, huge fans for, like, an average day of filming if you have to, like, keep it all cold. Like, they're in big, giant warehouses for warehouses for a reason. If it gets hot, you know, it's gonna melt. Like, you can't have an actual set. Like, Alicia Cuthbert describes the, the back of the wall, like, if you went to the back... Like, you know, where the light switch was on a room, you could scratch the wall, it was made of wax. I'm like, that is. That's not feasible. Like, I don't understand that. Like, immediately, I'm like, I'm not a professional, but that sounds stupid. It sounds like a joke. Like, that's not a good idea for a set where there's, like, lights and cameras and, like, tons of people sweating and, like, everyone running and screaming. Like, that's a very hazardous situation. And I feel like that's what Jared's kind of getting at, where he's like, this seems kind of precarious, but shrug, they've told me it's all safe. And then, cut to, later on, there's a scene where Chamaka Murray is, um, like, I guess, fighting one of the random, like, villains in the movie. And he gets, like, shoved to the ground, and he's describing, like, his arms were, like, reaching out. And they were, during the time when they were shooting, there's this, these scenes in the background when there's, like, open flames, I guess, to, like, make the wax start to melt. And also, like, you know, up the, like, the intensity of the scene. But again, I'm like... So they told us that the entire set is made of wax and there's open flames just running. I was like, this seems completely undoable. I don't know how they were even doing it. And then, of course, I forgot, cut to, the set starts to burn down. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my god. And then you see, like, things start collapsing. People, like, get, like, like literally have to evacuate. I said later on they ended up getting sued for $7 million because of how reckless they were with how it was being set up. Apparently, they were basically... There's flame retardant when you're fil- when you're filming with fire that normally keeps the fire from spreading. Now, when you have wax covering literally every surface, including, like, napkins and shit, when it starts to melt, it gets liquidy and covers the flame retardant. So when the hot wax starts to burn through things, it has space for the fire to move because the flame retardant has now been covered in wax. And like a house of a- wax? <laughs> and the fire spreads immediately! <laughs> Like, honestly, I'm not an expert, but I feel like if then is not a very far stretch for this to have happened. I don't understand how this even... Because honestly, when they were describing it, I'm like, surely someone's thought about this because that's the next thing that would happen, right? No, it does. And for me, well, Jared is basically just like, told you so. But, um, uh, they're like, but a whole thing goes down. I do think it's funny when they cut to the news, they're like, the Paris Hilton thriller is, you know, caught fire. A real life travesty, all that stuff. And it's like, oh, she's... I feel like if Chad Michael Murray saw that in, like, the Paris Hilton horror movie, he'd be livid because he's like, I'm the star. Oh, yeah, he probably bitched about it, as, uh, like, as long as possible. It's so funny. But and so Jared he- had to listen to it the whole time. <laughs> Jared's like, whatever, man. You're still getting a paycheck, right? Yes. <laughs> but so, um, they had to completely redo the sets. It's insane. They basically have to rebuild from scratch everything. And so I can't even imagine how much money, because they even when they go back over it, they described like all of the cameras that were there, probably some of the footage is just gone. Because it all went down in the fire. Because, you know, when you're evacuating, you can't like grab all these expensive cameras. Like, what a waste of money 
for people to think that this is a good idea to film like that. Like, what are you, crazy? I don't understand. I just don't get it. Anyway, so that's that. This is kind of where it moves into just, like, rap, like rap speed. Like, nothing much more happens. Because Paris goes to have a boat party. This is where Chad Michael Murray starts the rumor that Paris has a crush on Jared. And he's just, like, I have I mean, a girlfriend. more stuff's happened just because we have to get to, of course, Chad's epic meltdown. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. This well, is not no pun Chad intended. pretending he's a hero is the, the fire. Which we, we did talk about originally. He, so. he, yeah, and he also mentions when he's in that fire that he felt like his skin bubble. I was like, yeah, the, no, you I, didn't, sir. The no, bubbling, you, you like really dwelled on last time. Okay, I don't need to go back into it. But see, that makes no sense, listeners. I'm, I'm reminding more because I like I just recently re-listened to it, so like I, I have. How I, do I remember. You, how do you like casually notice your fingers bubbling with heat? Like you'd immediately realize, oh my god, there's a fire. My hand is burning. Ow, let's run. Like, you don't, like, huh, pull my hand back. Looks like my hand's bubbling. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make He's just a fraud. Um, so he's, like, talking about the, the, the quote-unquote rumors. That, so do you want to maybe mention briefly about the whole Paris thing? Because obviously in this, he's trying to push it on Jared, which is it's... Jared's not even, like, denying it. He's just like, I'm not even going to dignify this with a response. I have a girlfriend. She has a boyfriend. Nicholas. He's like, he's like, I don't remember Nick, Nick Carter. No, no, Nick Carter. <laughs> he, he can't remember. I bless his little Texan heart. He's like, she has a boyfriend. It's, uh, what's his name? And then he's like, puts his fingers up. Like, I can't remember. Nick Carter. Like, one of, at this time, one of the most popular people in the country. He's like, I can't remember her boyfriend's name. <laughs> That was the most country bumpkin thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was just like, dude, it's like saying like, oh, what's his name? Bless uh, his heart. Harry's, something with an S. And it's like Styles. Styles. It's like, listen, I don't yeah, even Styles. listen to One Direction, but that's insane for you to not know who Harry Styles is in general. But yeah, so he. I feel like I know the other one's name, like names, but I don't know their last names, actually. I do know Harry's last name, though. I see. I, his real last name? I've never listened to a full album of theirs, but I know all the I names. I got I just know that you don't know you're beautiful, and that's why you're beautiful, you fucking <laughs> idiot woman. Good thing we told you. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of theirs. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah I was not a fan of One Direction. Fuck One Direction. I like Zane's music, though. Zane Malik? One Zane's of them. hot. Now... Oh, yeah, that is the last name, Malik, yes. He's hot. Oh, what's his last name? Peter? Horan. What? Yeah, yeah Horan. It's Horan. Right. It's Horan. And then... There's one other one, Lewis Tomlinson. Here yes, maybe I did know all their last names. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Lewis. Yeah. Like, actually, I, I find Lewis kind of hot too, but like in a dirty way. <laughs> look at it, look at it in a Chad way. Uh, well, I'm the only really attractive one of them is Zane Malik to me. Like, Zane's like the only them. one who's like actually like just. I mean, truly like gorgeous. I mean, Jesus. All right, so or Neil or let's yeah, name Neil. Now, now. Niall, right? I was like, I know I'm really Irish, but I'm pretty sure it's Niall. I don't think it's Neil. <laughs> you said it. I'm just calling you. No, not. It's N like N N Y. I know, but you said Neil, and then I'm like, okay, but wait, no, it's Niall. No, I don't. Well, I might have said it by accident. I definitely know it's said Niall. I couldn't think of his last name. I think I said Neil Peters. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. it's yeah, Niall Horan. Oh, I'm glad. We Is there another one of them in One Direction? Is there just four? Right? Well, that's there's like one we're forgetting. <laughs> The bonus Jonas. <laughs> One Direction. Watch, there probably is. Oh no, oh no. I don't want to be embarrassed. It's, wait, no. Louie. Is that one? I said Louis. Louis. said Louis. Yeah, we said Louis. Louis. Yeah, Louis, Niall, um, Zane, and Harry. Okay. We're cool. We're cool. Those are them, Young right? Adults. Those are them. There's no, another one. Oh, we're forgetting! <laughs> oh, it's Liam Payne! <laughs> 
fuck? Because I was looking at it and I was like, oh, there's only four. But then it says past member Zayn Malik. <laughs> I was like, God, they're such assholes. This, this we have to keep this in. Jesus the little teeny people edited out Zane and said past members. Isn't the band defunct right now? So yes! We need to put past members. They're just doing it for the, the God, the, the shade. Oh, Jesus. I think they, like, went on break after Zane left, though. But still, that's very, very shady. So we, like, let's, let's label him as past member. Oh, I'm, it's so embarrassing. I guess, sorry, I'm so Liam, humiliated that we forgot well, which one. Like, now I'm like, who's Liam? I can't even remember what he does. I can't remember what the other no ones idea. look like. I, after never, I do not name. listen to the music at all. I, yeah, I'll be I didn't listen to the music either, but like, I knew what they looked like. Who's Liam? I don't really care it, about Zane. <laughs> is Liam the... Liam is the bonus, Jonas. Now, now is the blonde one. Louis is the one with like the I like, I know what the rest of them look like. I don't know what Liam looks like. Just real generic white dudes. That's all I remember. That's hard because Niall is there. <laughs> but Niall is just blonde. Like, there's like some distinction in the sense that he's the only blonde one. Oh, poor Liam. <laughs> he looks like Zane if like Zane didn't try and was white. <laughs> Zane is so much more attractive than all of them. It's kind of a joke, but whatever. I guess it's just my type. There's a there's a there's a one directioner for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Zane's hot, the actual hottest. No, no Louis shade is like to one Michael Murray fans. hot. I I then, like them all. They're just not. We're too old for them. I think we, it was came out. We had in sync. I'm not a huge. Were you you were an in sync person too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Backstreet Boys. Although I did like Backstreet Boys, they were just not nearly as cool as in sync. Yes. All right, so let's continue. <laughs> now that that diversion is done. But so they. Uh, Shiro Cole was with uh, Liam. That's that's the one. I thought it was Zayn was, but apparently it was Liam. Oh. But we forgot. Whoops. Sorry, Liam. Um, so Paris, meanwhile, is getting her makeup done. Again, there's more gratuitous Paris in lingerie. And then they explain to Paris how to act, which is a wild scene because. So she's basically. This is, like, when they start filming. Like, they've already... They mentioned, like, earlier, I said that the Chemical Murray stuff was when he was filming that things started to burn down. But this is kind of the first time when they start showing them, like, actually doing, like, full takes because Paris has sort of been, like, coming and going to the zoo since then. This is her first time, like, in random, like, scenes. And she's barely... They barely show any of this. Probably because some of the footage should be kept secret because it's a fucking movie coming out and they're not going to want to see it if you show everything. They might have realized that. But regardless, they show some scenes. Um, And there's a scene with Paris where... After they put the makeup on, she's asking them, like, so how do I do this? And they're like, well, just pretend, like, it's nighttime and you're running around. And it's like, they're basically giving her, like, how-tos on how to, like, act in a scene at night. It's just like, how do you get this far into your... I mean, I know how, but it's just... If, it's how do they not give her, a, like, an acting coach for, like, at least a month or something? It's... Maybe they did and she just went to drinks with the person. I don't know. It just seems like she just put off after like learning how or maybe they did teach her and this is just like i'm mis- i'm in- interpreting it differently but it seems to me like this is the first time where i see someone actually explain to her what to do because she's sort of just like so what am i doing in this scene and they're like well it's just be dark so pretend it's dark out and then run around and look around really like scared and she's like okay <laughs> that's not how you that's not a direction <laughs> that's just like how to do like a in, like a basic like audition. I don't understand how you're like filming this to put in the movie, but I whatever they did, and then they like also show her death her death scene, which is a huge spoiler. I know that they already spoiled the fact that she dies, but like they show exactly how she dies, like quote with the, the whole like spear going through her head. And yeah, everything. it's really dumb. Like I don't want to watch a movie how it gets made prior to seeing it. 
And that's something that they've actually started to learn more of now, is, like, even, like, there's a there's a mixture. There's two versions. One, you watch the 80th, pre, like, teaser trailer, you see most of the movie. But I have seen the last, like, ten major movies having only seen the very first promo trailer for it. It's possible to avoid the trailers for stuff if you want to. And I think some trailers purposely have gotten very enigmatic, where they're trying to keep it as vague as possible, because... They don't want to spoil what happens because that's how people start to hate movies as they go into a movie thinking it's going to be all this other stuff and it's just like the best scenes are already from the trailer and the rest of the movie is pretty predictable. So this is definitely of the era where it's like, let's just tell them how it all happens and hope they'll go see it and no one did and it was a bomb. That's like another, we didn't really mention it, that's like a D-plot to all this is watching this back, knowing this movie was a complete and total failure, both like financially and critically. <laughs> It's very awkward because everyone's like very serious about it and all the, the art that went into it and it was just a complete mistake. And it's not to say like all these people have done successful things before. This is not their own besides maybe Paris technically. But um, this is not like a huge surprise but it's just funny to me to watch them like talk so seriously about like how they're going to film these scenes and then the movie's a disaster, but, you know, what it is what it is. They're filming this before it comes out. They don't know that yet, so they're all talking like it's going to be a smash hit. Because, <coughs> um, honestly, usually yeah, it's kind of hard. Paris to, 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 it seemed like it would translate. Well, and it's hard but to fuck up thing. a horror movie, too, but they do. Yeah, that's also the thing. Like, you're banking on, like, well, she has, like, this fan base and everything. But it's the thing. That fan base is not going to see this movie, and the people who want to see this movie are not part of her fan base, and she, they're turned off by her. Right. I mean... That's what people, like, like execs and stuff like that, that's what they don't realize about this type of thing. When you try to do, like, this uh, cash grab, like, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna get all the viewers because, you know, we got, like, the It Girl, which, not, I'm not gonna say It Girl, but, like, like the, the viral sensation, because, like, It Girl's different, obviously, but, yeah. But it's like, no, because the people who, like, are obsessed with that stuff, yeah, they're gonna watch that, but like they're probably not gonna pay for it really. As and the people who like are actually interested in it, it's something that like draw them. They're like they're turned off now that she's part of this. It's not like she was gonna bust out like a surprising performance. You could just wa- find you'll find that clip eventually. So I I just don't know what their thoughts were because you're not gonna cheer for her to die if you those are a fan of her. those are exactly their, their their thoughts. Honestly, they they don't think like actual human beings who have like the analysis for this. They're just thinking. Well, this will make money because she makes money, right? So, and it happens again and again in general. It would she would have been better served in like a scary movie or something. Seriously, like, how is she not one of those? That's was she? A, probably. But that's like her actual. She was probably a, where they could make these types of jokes and it'd be funny yeah. for her to die because it's like, haha, it's Paris yeah. Hilton. Well, yeah, she, uh, there's probably like a, a spoof version of her in like one of those like like epic movie or something like that. Yeah, or like Jane's on Bob or something stupid like that. Like, definitely, I would yeah. definitely picture like a version of her doing something like that versus this, which is not a good fit because it's too serious. Like no one's going to go watch an actual serious movie with her in it because it's not Also like her fans are not the type of people that are like let's go watch a Paris Hilton movie. It's they're more like let's watch a Paris Hilton TV show or like buy her stuff. And if they like, do I don't think that they watch movies for her. And they're gonna see a movie for her. They go there. She's killed off. They leave. They get a refund. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not good. Not a good time. She dies early enough that it's like, yeah, let's just get a refund. Yeah. And so this is also the scene after her death shot. We also see the Chad Michael Murray freak out, which is iconic. So he, uh, the thing is, like, the watching this again, knowing all this shit with the production and being a lot more invested in the fact that like 
they ended up getting sued for how bad they handled the stunts <clears> on this. Um, I mean, it's kind of ironic because I almost agree with him in some ways, but he handles it very poorly. So, like, he's walking in the scene. It's and this like is, him- like, how it was always going to end up for him, basically. Yeah, basically. So he's walking um, with the with Alicia Cuthbert. They're, like, the final two, I think, at this point. Because we already mentioned Jared had this scene where he, like, had this weird, like, saw contraption, like, on his head. Like, Hellraiser-ish, where it was, like, a bunch of pins, like, poking into his head. And then he got sprayed with the wax, as he mentioned. Then, um, Chad and Alicia are both, like, running, it's supposed to be on this, like, pre-made set, which is covered in wax, because, yeah. again, everything's wax. Yeah, it's and falling apart, because, like, this is the apart. last act. There's pieces of the wall that are falling. Now, it's very clear that someone, ironically, on their team, like, the production designers, is chucking stuff from above, because it's supposed to make the appearance of, like, the house is falling apart, things are falling on top of them. But it seems to me like he just didn't get the message that like to expect things falling on your head and it's not anything that could hurt you. Before they even start filming, he's already like freaking out like that something like fell on him, like nothing had fallen already. Like, come on. And then when he starts walking, he's not again an alpha male. He trips and falls a little bit and bangs his knee on like some piece of shit, which is just like production material. It's just it's a haphazard mistake like steps and then they're like covered in wax. So his, his foot goes through a piece of it and it, like, bumps into some shit. Like, I understand his frustration because it seems to be kind of, like, shoddily put together. But at the same time, they've been trying to explain to him what's there. And he seems like, I just want to get done with. So he's not really, like, listening to their their advice. So it's, like, a bad, it's, like, a miscommunication on both ends. And then I think they kind of explain to him what's happening with, like, the stuff's going to be falling down around you. But he doesn't understand, like, they're literally throwing things at him. Because, like I said, things are falling down around them. Like, if you want the appearance of a house falling apart parts of the ceiling are going to come falling down. He acts like mm-hmm. some actual, like, piece of, like, plaster came falling from, like, above him and freaks out. Like, I mean, he just, after he gets hit with it, he tries to finish the scene, and then when he gets done, he gets to the other side of, like, this walkway and then starts, like, cursing everybody out. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. This is unsafe. I don't, I don't know what to expect. And, like, on one hand, it's like, I kind of get where he's coming from because he's already just dealt with the fact that this place burned to the ground. I could see why he'd probably be kind of paranoid about what's happening. But, like, he's, first of all, reacting intensely. Like, he does not need to be freaking out and screaming at people. Then he's like, get the camera out of my face. Because he looks over and, like, literally, like, <laughs> yeah, makes eye he, contact. With yeah, earlier, camera. like, he's, he's, and he's always eyeing the camera just in mm-hmm. case. That's why he's, like, blow up and then he does it's funny because he looks like it's like it's like a cartoon looking like he like looks like the um what is it what am i thinking of there's like a certain oh it's it reminds me of i don't know what it's spoofing i'm i'm bad at this i'm spoofing it's a community scene in um the celebrity pharmacology where they shoot jeff with the dart and he does like the the Sasquatch movement where he just like he's like running and then looks at the camera and like comes at the camera like he's just like an actual like Bigfoot like he just looks like he sees the camera and he's like Bigfoot where he's like they caught me like he clearly looks at the camera like it's the villain in this when really he's screaming at people and cursing them out so like it's it's, it's very funny to me where he just truly comes across like a complete asshole and I I, on some hand on one hand I do kind of feel bad because it's very clear they failed just the crew failed at keeping a lot of the um, actors as safe as they could have been 
But at the same time, I feel like they kind of at this point had tried to move past that. And this was not really like what was actually the problem before. This was just him not understanding what was going to happen in the scene. And he just, I think, was already on edge and just decided to freak out at them. And, like, screams at them for, like, an hour. And then they cut from that to... Also, we mentioned, like, it's really funny because he says, get the camera out of my face. But they still continue to film. But they, like, just point the camera the other direction. So you can hear everything he's saying. It's just not on his face anymore. (laughs) So he just thinks he's like, okay, I'm just going to let loose now. And it's like, you sound like a complete monster. And he, like, had to okay this to get put out eventually. Which I find... Maybe he had already signed the contract, like, whatever you yeah, do on camera. Yeah, definitely. Already had to sign the contract. It's so funny. And then, they, uh, meanwhile, just to rub it all in, they cut to Jared afterwards, hugging people. They're like, keep in touch. He's, <laughs> like, friends with all the crew. It's just such a night and day between the two of them. It's hilarious. And then, um, this is also the scene, too, when they're all packing, and it's time to leave. It's like, farewell, Australia. And uh, Paris realizes, like, one of her, actually, not even her, like, one of her assistants notices, like, um, hey, by the way, you left, like, 10 to 20 grand in a, in a drawer here. And she's like, oops. <laughs> and it's just like, Jesus. But also, like, this is where my notes are just like, I'm a real real voice truther. Like, I'm going to link to this scene as well. You've got to listen to her voice because, once again, she switches off to that, like, oh, thank you so much, Joe. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, this is so creepy. And she's not holding any of this back. It's very clear that she's aware that her voice is deeper in these scenes and doesn't care that it's on camera. Um, and then finally, at the end of the, sh- the episode, they basically do, like, a photo shoot with the whole crew, where it's, like, finally you see the rest of the cast, which includes, uh, Brian Van Holt and Robert Richard, um, and who, I think there's someone else, I don't know who that was, there's, like, I'm, some other third what's person. What's the other guy, he f- played some obnoxious character in something, hold on, let me find um, the... John Abrams? I don't really know what else, oh, he looks like the guy, yeah, 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 yeah that's definitely him, he's the one from Scary Movie, ironically. He plays Bobby, the one, like, the, all the scenes where he plays, like, the, the, he plays the, oh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, ironically, it's Riverdale. He plays the Skeet Ulrich character. Ah. Uh, yeah. He plays the young, he's definitely him. He's been in a lot of stuff, but also, like, Meet the Parents. He's plays Denny. But he's- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's, like, very distinctive character actor. But he's, like- just, like, him and Robert Richard and Brian Van Hull just, like, show up, like, hey, yeah, we're in this movie, too. And everyone's yes. just like, yeah. Brian Van was like, yeah, I'm the killer. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And so they just do a bunch of shots, and Paris, of course, is just like, another, 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 another. And they're all just like, let's, like, go. Another. Another. Uh, and then, dun, 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 we get the final fifth episode. <laughs> the mythical episode five. So please, recap at length. I have some notes on this, but I think yours are a little bit more thorough. I don't know that, my first note is, God, Alicia's so tiny. She is so small. <laughs> She's so small. You don't notice that about some people who, like, when you, when you, like, watch a lot of people on film, they're so good about making you not understand the concept of height, and then you see some people and you're just like, oh my goodness, you are a small, miniature person. Yeah. She's so tiny, but yeah, she is on her way to Silver Pictures so she can see, you know, how the movie's going, what's up, they're about to start promoting everything. You're like, yeah, they're about to do publicity and promotion, and then mm-hmm. and they're all Paris, on the other hand, is very, very, very busy. Playing with puppies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she finds sometime during her schedule, because she's, like, she's going from city to city, for what? <laughs> yeah, she gets finds some time to talk to Joel about the movie. And then, let's see, they're about to go to a photo shoot at, uh, like, for Us Weekly, to which Chad says, haven't seen Paris or Alicia in a long time, and it sounds as creepy as you would think it sounds. As skeevy as humanly possible. 
Do we know when exactly the cheating stuff happened with them? Was it, it in Australia? It would have been during... It was like... Yeah, it was in Australia. It was during... Oh, Australia. my God. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. I'm so agreed. That's why it's especially, like, a psycho thing what he does to Jared. To propose... Well, also, like, it's also a psycho thing to propose to her there. Yes. Why wouldn't you just wait till you got home and then propose? Like, treat it like it's this, like, thing from your past. Well, c- because that wouldn't have been on the show. That is psychotic. He is a lunatic. Oh, good lord. But yeah, so he's going with his bros, Jason, and another one who doesn't get, like, a, a card to tell us who he is. And it, it's, like, Jason, a former personal assistant. Like, Does Jesus. it really? Yeah, so it's Chad's former personal assistant. But, like, he's, he ends up being Chad's personal assistant on, like, another project later, like, in, like, 2015. So... Oh but yeah, so he's just like, Jason needs his own reality show. And then Jason's like, yeah, Jason's world of fun. It's like, oh god, bros. Such a bro time. But yeah, they do the photo shoot in Malibu. And it's just Chad, Paris, and uh, Alicia. No Jared. Maybe he was... If he's like... He's probably a combination of being back on Gilmore Girls or probably started filming... Let's see, because this is... What's... I'm trying to out. They're doing promotion... Maybe he's filming Supernatural, so he's probably in Vancouver. So let's think. If this is released in May of 2005, yeah, Supernatural... Yeah, leading up to it. Yeah, he's definitely probably had March. other engagements that he has to start juggling for Supernatural because it starts airing in 2005. Yeah, it probably got picked up to series at that point, so he's like, he's probably in his Vancouver. Yeah, I'm just, assuming this, yeah, this would have been... Cause we know it aired in April, but like this probably was in March when they filmed this specifically. Oh, actually, so the pilot airs in September for Supernatural, so he probably yes. was still involved in post-production and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because, I mean, honestly, it does kind of come across like, where's Jared, the good It's the very good weird company that Jared man. is not in this photo. Because he would shoot. not just, like, do, like, a Chad Michael Murray and, like, I don't feel like doing that. Like, he clearly is, we'll see later on, like, he's definitely the most, like, involved in the post-production. It's kind of like, for Paris's party, I was like, oh, was, Chad is probably back in North Carolina, actually. So, later when they do that, so... Yeah, these are busy people. Can I just say, like, as a side note, as I'm Google, I'm, like, in IMDb looking at this stuff, and it literally has in the right-hand corner, Chad Michael Murray is the cult leader Riverdale needs, and it's, like, a little, like, IMDb show promo for Chad Michael Murray on Riverdale. Yep. Edgar Evernever. Edgar Evernever. <laughs> I know that, like, it can, t- it can kind of tell what I've been looking up, but it's literally on the IMDb show, so I think it might genuinely be, like, a, a static pop-up. What are the odds of that? So yeah, cool. I was on, like, when I first went on IMDb, because I was checking out Jason's credits, like, when I was, like, trying to find out what Jason's name was, like, Jason blah blah blah, and, it, like, yeah, that was that was right next to it, the, the Chad McElroy thing specifically. It's the IMDb thing. Alright, so... Right now, yeah. So, yeah, so then, so they're all getting ready to go to this little, like, photo shoot slash interview. Yeah, in Malibu. Mm-hmm. Which is, and, I mean, it's uh, nice enough. No, Paris wants to just make it really hot. Hot. It's hot. And Chad, I could tell, like, he was probably, like, m- mid-season two because of his hair. And then <laughs> they also introduced the uh, ADR sessions, like, as what they had to do. And they oh, described wait, also, what that is. Oh, just about the photo shoot? Nothing about that photo shoot suggests anything about a house of wax or horror. Is no, it's, like, on the water and they're in, like, yeah. cute they're in Malibu. clothes. And it's- then... So Paris gets, like, slightly sprinkled by the sprinkler, and then she's like, my hair and makeup is ruined. First of all, it would hit you from behind. Second of all, it barely touched you. Also, like, when they cut to her later, her hair is, like, covered in water. And I feel like that was just, like, her already getting a little bit on her, and then she decides to get covered in water, and then just complains. Yeah, know. there's no reason her makeup, though, would be messed up, because it was like, it came from behind. 
But yeah, um, so here's our A&R session where they like, play like an insane um, amount of um, number cues, like in a minute or less. Jerk it out, steal my kisses, such great heights, all in like in a minute span. And then ends like with, if I could go. It's just so bad. I mean, it's not bad, actually. I wish they would do that more. But here's the thing. Like, when MTV plays music now, and the challenge is, like, all shitty music, play the same songs you were playing in 2005. It's too many, though. You do not. It's a lot. I love it. You don't even have, like, time to process what's going on, and that's how they get you. That's a problem! That's how they get you! That's intelligent. God. That's smarts, baby. Jesus. Alright, so, um... Yeah, the ADR session start. Yeah, ADR stuff is well brilliant because uh, Jared has to snore at one point for ADR. I saw that. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, what is he doing? So for people, he's like Joel. Fuck. He's like Joel. Fuck you. (laughs) He's like, really? I have. I actually have to snore. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's just. It's so pretty fun. And yes, and then I were like, Paris doesn't remember which voice she used for her character. I'm like. Wait a minute. And also, we should mention they already kind of breezed over it, but there's a mention of what if you don't know what ADR is, is automated dialogue replacement, which is just like post production of like them doing the sounds that their characters make that the, the production over. Yeah, it's like if you filmed it and like because of outside noises, it wasn't clear, so you have to like re- like do a clearer version it's, of it. It's like the equivalent of like dubbing what the characters do in video games, but for mm-hmm. like a real life shoot. So, like, a bunch of random noises they have to make to make sure that they have, like, if they're not in the scene, you want to hear them snoring off screen and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, he does, like, a bunch of weird noises. Paris is asked to do the voice that she did for Paige. And she's and like, she doesn't I, remember I don't it. remember. And it's like, but didn't you act? And it's sort of just like, no, I didn't. It's like, <laughs> it's like isn't, okay. Isn't it your voice, Paris? But no, it is not. No, because she's got, like, eight voices going. It's so <laughs> shady. But so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they all do, like, their ADR. It's yeah. it's a really, like, like honestly, like, kind of pointless scene where they all just kind of... I mean, Chad Michael Murray saying, get a job a bunch of times. Yes. Yeah, so uh, then we have WonderCon, where only Alicia goes with Joel, honestly. And it's WonderCon in San Fran uh, instead of, like, uh, Anaheim's words now? I'm yeah. glad, though, because I was worried they were going to put Paris at the WonderCon and we were going to watch her say, like... That's hot to a bunch of nerds. I couldn't take it. Yes. I don't want to. It was Alicia, and then her poor little hand hurts at the end of it. God. Her poor, poor miniature hand has been crushed. I just, yeah. So she she's like the representative at the comic book convention. Paris goes to Cancun to For promote MTV it. Spring break. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense though, because no one there is going to go watch House of Wax because she promoted it in Cancun. It's like such it's, a. It's weird. Like it's. The ultimate, like, it goes to the, at the end of MTV Spring Break, but, like, she does a bunch of other stuff, and she brings Nikki along, and at, at one point, so, this is how I got confused at first, but, but like, Nikki and Paris' uh, voices, because Nikki does say, when they're in the car, this jackass wants your picture, which is perfectly Nikki. Yeah. And then, and there's what, someone, like, like, staring into the car window, and then Paris is like, like, this jackass the wants your picture. Like, Here, I'll sign something. And then, they and then also pictures. some girl outside asks, like, where's Nicole? As in Nicole Richie. Like, she's in L.A. And all I can think is, like, they're, they're not friends. No. <laughs> they're, she's like, I have no idea. Like, I don't care. They're not friends. She's a minute away from saying, like, who cares? <laughs> like, she does not want to talk about it's that It's like, they all. were both faking a persona, but, like, Paris shows, like, the shitty persona because she's not a great person anyway. Right. Oh, God. And, then, and that's so... why Nicole Richie has, like, been able to transition into a successful acting career. Because, right. like... Ultimately, when you strip it down, she's a decent person. 
And as we strip down, Paris here, as we continue, and continue, she's not a decent person. So, is what we find out. this whole trip, it, first of all, it's just, like, such a scam of, like, how she literally, like, this is, like, what people envision, like, the kind of, like, upper echelon of people, like, just, like, they get cast in these movies because they're famous, and then they get to go promote it into, like, places like Cancun on spring break. Like, Alicia's doing the real famous. work, and she's going to yeah. the WonderCon, and this is where Paris is going. And so, like, okay, quote-unquote, like, that's where her, quote-unquote, persona would be most successful in promoting it, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's very clear to me that, like, they're just, like, they want to be able to show Paris going to Cancun and, like, quote-unquote, partying it up. Mm-hmm. And yes. she gets, like, honestly, you, as much as, like, it continues to frustrate me, but, like, she knows how to work the camera in the sense of, like, this is what the footage they wanted. She gets all of it. Because she goes to Cancun, they go on this, like, exclusive shopping trip to, like, I forget where it was, actually. It was, like, I think it was Versace or something like that. Or no, was it yeah, uh, Louis Vuitton. Louis they went Vuitton. to Louis Vuitton. And it's just, like, and like, it's, of course, the kind of stupid scene where it's, just like, decadent. I want this. No, not this. This looks this. bad. This, yeah, oh, more of this. Two of these. One of those. And it's, like, very, Do you like, take you know, American money? <sighs> so disgusting. And then, so she also, on top of it all. And um, everyone wants to take pictures of her and Nikki. Yeah. Like, the, the staff of the store and everything. But what's also very clear is the brand. I mean, I, I forgot it, but, you, I mean, the fact that it is pretty predominantly featured for people who like her is her buying a bunch of Louis Vuitton. So I guarantee you that she's got some kind of brand endorsement of Louis Vuitton that they cleared through MTV and then are now cross-promoting that. So it's like, she mm-hmm. is, like, on this other level of, like, treating this show like it's a way to, for her to get money that is just so gross to watch in retrospect. Yeah. And I'm happy that she's not quite the, um you know, mm. common frequency in our yeah. pop culture that she used to be. And then they go to a nightclub for a house of wax party, which, come on, like, you can barely hear anything, and, like, when they, they do her on the mic, and it's like, it's so clear, it's like, I guarantee none of those people heard what she said. No. She's like, you guys rock and you're hot, and she's talking about the movie, and she was like, there's no way they heard a single thing she said. No. And they don't care. <laughs> And why would they? Because it's a stupid horror movie that no one's going to go see because of her. Oh, and then we get the, the flea market after we see a Mary Bocci band like, for two seconds. But the flea market, this is where the real Paris comes out. Yeah. So she wants this one random ring. They go to, like, it's the flea market. So they go to a random little store. And this guy rightfully probably tries to fleece her for as much as she's worth. Um, mm. Or that's just what it's listed as. I don't even want to really honestly believe that. But even if he was doing that, I'm happy for him. But, like, mm. she picks this, like, emerald or some kind of a ring. And yeah, she's yeah. Like, I want this one. And he's like, okay, it's $500. And she pulls out all of her money and she, like, gives him cash for $500. And they get back to of the car. Of course, it's American money because she didn't even try to get, like. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. And then on top of that, when they get back to the car, she's like, I, I quoted it. Yeah, please yeah. do. This is where I got very confused because I was looking away and I hear Nikki, but like Nikki's not there. Yeah, because it's her Paris like, voice again. She's like, everyone's so pushy here. It's annoying. They just make up prices. And then she's like, it's not like I'm ever going to wear the thing again anyway. It's like, Jesus Christ. She, she pretty much is saying like, if it weren't them and they weren't famous, they would have just given it to me for like $5. But it's because I'm famous that they're just making me pay $500. And that is such a like boiled down, like, honestly, like, modern Trumpian kind of thing to say, where it's just, like, you hate me because you hate me. She she voted for Trump, so. Oh, for sure. But, like, it's, it's, like, she's got that kind of, like, um, what do you call it? Like, you hate me because you hate me kind of vibe, where it's just sort of, like, I literally have to pay more because I'm already rich and famous. And it's, like, no, you don't. You probably just paid what anyone else would have paid, and even if he did rip you off, to you, that is nothing. You literally just said in the next breath that you were never gonna wear it again. So, if you're carrying more than $500 cash on you, 
I don't blame that dude for telling you it's worth. Everyone in Mexico is so pushy. Like fuck you. And sounds like he made it. He made a killing on what was honestly a good, a beautiful ring. But regardless of that, like. If he did say $500 and you did have $500 in cash, sounds like he nailed his mark and you fucking got played. So, like, stop being all rude to this poor dude because he's trying to make a living and you're just, like, showing up here for a paid expense-free, probably, trip to Cancun for a movie set. A movie promo. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's the worst. Barely a movie promo because... No. Again, it's basically just, like, that's hot, go see then... House of Wax. <laughs> Yeah, and then we're finally at MTV Spring Break, and it's just like, oh, God, a, a mass of bodies, because it's MTV Spring Break. Ugh, do you remember, and you can just do hear, you remember like, the days when that was, like, so God. hot? And you just hear the shit, like, there's one chick who's, like, just keeps repeating, Paris, you're my idol, you're my idol, blah, 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 blah. And she just keeps saying that over and over again, and, and Paris' response? Thanks, bitch. God, why did anyone, why do we allow this to happen? Like, shame. 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 I honestly really... It, it brought me back to the spring break because I hated watching this part of MTV when this came Yes! Out. Because it, it, it was not like the spring break house, which at least had, like, less people. This was just, like, a sea of bodies that were just, like, all, like, sweating in a club. And, like, later on when they're all, even when they're out on, like, the decks and stuff, it's still pretty disgusting. But, like, even the spring break house, it's just so, it took up all the regular TV time that I wanted to watch cool, stupid MTV yeah. shows. But, yeah, this is definitely, like, at the height of that being still somewhat, like, a pretty predominant, like, way they promoted shows and movies. Is like, let's just, oh, we'll throw them on spring break. There's tons of people there. She'll be able to, like, you know, look cute in a bikini or whatever. And then also we'll be able to have her promote the House of Wax. And it's like, okay, well. I mean, technically it happened, but I don't think it was a success because this movie bombed. So... Uh, but yeah, so this is, this is kind of like the end of her bit. She has like yeah. a birthday party later on, which we can kind of mention, where she yeah. like wishes herself a happy birthday for no she reason. She has a birthday and then- Honestly, Jared... I feel like that was partly her trying to like rate off some of the stuff she was going to do for her birthday as part of this. Mm-hmm. And then basically just got them to film some of it so that yeah, she didn't Jared have to Yeah, Jared and for... Alicia and Joel are there, and so is Nikki, looking yeah. as, as Nikki as possible. Nikki does not look happy, which is great. <laughs> And then Nikki's also, definitely terrible too, but at least like she wore her open contempt like outward as opposed to like pretending to be this thing. And I do love this is also the scene where Jared kind of like explains yes. basically <laughs> in detail why he's going to end up becoming a, I think partly EP or at least P, uh, yes because he's someone who actually cares about yeah. the process. Like this is long before I mean we mentioned he gets supernatural, but it's long before this supernatural is such a success that it is. And even this point, like, he was definitely, like, a major player on in the CW slash WB, but, like, he was not what he is today. Like, he was... And not that he's, like, a major star, but he's definitely a huge success. He's a very wealthy man. Very wealthy man. Jets. And knows the back end a lot more because of scenes like this, where he goes and, and he calls up Joel Silver among a cast of, like, a bunch of people, like, seven or eight people. He's like, can I see how, like, the... the that posters are getting made, and like I think he also basically has some questions about the post production stuff, and he go and he gets like a limo shows up at his house, and he goes in to see Joel Silver, and they like talk about what the posters are gonna look like. He talks about I think kind of like how the the promos are doing, and like what he's gonna do for like the show, and like not that he's gonna necessarily be like like quite the producer that Joel Silver is like yet. I mean he certainly can now that Supernatural's ending, he may go on to do movies as well, but he. 
gets kind of ingratiated into the behind the scenes stuff early on here. And yeah, I think he it's gets kind to of watch like them actually make the poster like in real time. It's a precursor to what he becomes involved doing in Supernatural because that show, as much as I don't always love it, he definitely is a major creative force in it. And you can't deny the fact that he's highly involved in its production. He didn't just get like a name only production credit is all I mean. Um, because honestly, all the other people are very checked out from this movie by this point. And he's like, meanwhile, like also on a show, but finding time to go see the production stuff get done. So mm. it's clear that he's interested in how this works basically. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's It's really there's nice that. to see. I-, I wonder if, if we had had this episode and it was still during your, I hate Jared phase, <laughs> how you would have felt about it. Oh, right. Cause this didn't happen in that one. This is the, f- the final. No. Episode. Yeah. This, no. Is the, this is the hidden episode. The lost episode. I probably would have been like, you know, it's him. You trying would have to found be, a way. Yeah, it's just him trying to get more attention and I more screen time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like on some level, maybe that's what he was doing, but he succeeded. I don't blame him. He does a good job, but um, I think it is honestly him just kind of taking an interest in the other the other side of things because I don't think at this point he had quite the. Partly, maybe it's because the it's like, yeah, was you see everyone around. else doing like the contractually obligated stuff, and he's the one specifically asking, "Hey, can I?" Check this out. In addition to that, yeah. And also, like, I think he also might have realized because the cameras were there, he, this is, like, an opportunity for them to show, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. But, hey, that itself is actually kind of, like, he's producing things. Like, that's actually, like, him thinking of a new way to view this project. Maybe someone gave him the idea. It's possible. But, like, it seems to me, like, the kind of thing where he's, like, I'm interested in doing this. So they saw an opportunity to, like, further promote the movie by, like, showing how this stuff gets made. So, like... It's a smart move. It's a very, like, strategic move on his part to be like, let me just get involved in this other side of it, because worst case scenario, I learned something, and best case scenario, that I look good for having brought Joel back into the picture at the very end. Yeah, and this uh, is here is, like, where I'm like, oh, Jared, you're, I, I don't think about it, but yeah, his accent, really, it does come out. Oh, yeah, Southern. <laughs> it's funny. But, um, yeah, so there's that, and then, um, they do the little cast interview on the set of, I think it's, like, the Inside Edition or something, or Yeah, it's Inside Edition, uh, the Insider, and then also Entertainment Weekly, no, I'm sorry, Entertainment Tonight, and then E.T. on MTV and E.T. on VH1. It's just the worst. Oh, (laughs) actually, the worst, no, the worst is at Paris' birthday party, where she's like, you know, uh, Alicia's here, Jared's here, Joel here, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite is here, and then, like, he gives her a vote for Pedro, sure, and she, like, does an accent when she says it. And... Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I'm like, of course it's 2005, because of course he's there, because it's 2005. But also, how about don't do an accent? I just... uh, She's just the worst. And then there's this, like... That's what I was saying last time! Yeah, and there's just this, like, horrible, like ending wrap-up where they, like, go over how they all formed a bond, and we're supposed to pretend for, like, five seconds that any of them give a shit about each other. I just... Even, like, the nice people, like, uh, Elise... Well, it's like, everyone loves Alicia, and it's like, Jared's, like, a fun, charming guy who, like, he's, like, a southern gentleman where it's, like, he. But they're talking about each other, so it's, like... Yeah, exactly, but I'm saying, at first, it was, like, everyone... Because no one... Who would have a problem with Alicia, honestly? No, I agree. But it's, like, even them, they probably go along just fine, but it's so fake. Like, it's just so clear that they did not, like, connect like they're gonna be best friends forever. It's just... They're just, like... They're casual work acquaintances. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but they're, like, all these, like, forced memories of, like, what it was like working with them like, Yeah, because Jared and Chad are already friends, so it's not like, like it's because of this movie that they yeah. became friends. And then they're, like, you know, I, they all go over each other, and first they go over Jared, or first they go over, like, who was first? 
Alicia, I guess. They're talking about yeah, Alicia. Yeah, it's Alicia. They're talking about how great she is. And then yeah. it's like, she's Jared, funny. We're basically, she's they nice. talk about, yeah, how he's a southern gentleman, pretty much. Like, he's, he'll, like, be chill with you, like, immediately, which is the case we, we mentioned before, mm-hmm. like, when he first met Alicia, anyway. Then they're trying to talk to see if that, uh, funny, like, good things about Chad, where basically Jared's like, I already knew him. And then <laughs> That's the Alicia, good thing about him. I already knew him. Yeah, she Alicia said. was like, he always made me laugh when we were working together, which I guess, maybe he did make her laugh on occasion. Maybe he was <sighs> I'm sure he wasn't an asshole to her. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But she it, saw him blow up, but I'm sure he was never directly an asshole to her. And like I said, I do. I mentioned that the fact that like he blew up as much as I, I think he was an asshole to the people in the moment. I think she kind of understood where he was coming from because she kind of felt like similarly like the set has been a nightmare. <laughs> so I kind of get where you're coming from, dude, because this is a nightmare. Because she says it was a long and difficult shoot, and she was saying mm-hmm. it as politely and professionally as possible because. They almost died. Like, that was a really intense moment for them, where things were, like, literally burning down around them. Uh, Alicia says exactly that she was extremely pleasantly surprised by Paris. It took her a while to get to what... Yeah, she... she, she, Alicia was very diplomatic the whole show about Paris. (laughs) She always had the best thing to say about her, but, like, it took a while to get there. It's very, quote-unquote, professional, but even that, they're not, like... She's clearly, like... She even says, like... I didn't know what her singing was going to be like, but it was, yes. it was good. And it's like dot, 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 and that's all she says. It's a, lot of, like, I, you know. it's a lot of, I didn't know what to expect, but... But even then, like, she kind of leaves it there, which is kind of like where I'm at, where it's like, I, I don't like her singing, but I like that one song more than I mm. thought I would. Like, that's how but I would now, kind of phrase it. Like, I'm being you're polite. Fi- finally team anti-Paris anyway, because Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think I ever, like, liked her. I just liked that one song. I, I felt like we were trying to, like, throw her under the bus before, but I think that song But now she deserves to be thrown under the bus, though. Well, she's shit, like, besides that song. I don't think that song is even good. Like I said, it's just, like, it's like one of those songs when you... you- you actually play it at the end of uh, last episode. I will play at the end of this one too. Deal with God it, damn man. it! I hate you. But do you play not screwed. like this? Play yeah. screwed. No, I will not play screwed. Ew. But like you like you you like stars are blind, right? I don't. Oh god, it's 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 listenable. I don't know. I liked a lot of stupid shit at this time, and this is just like one of those things. I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't like it. Like that. That's worse to me is someone who'd be like, "Yeah, that sucked," and it's like secretly. I mean, I enjoyed you know, it. I would tell you if I actually liked it. Like I would yeah. tell everyone if I actually liked it. But no, no, I agree. But I'm saying I'm trying to live in my truth, <laughs> and I always found it relaxing. And I think I listened to it in the summer enough that it just sort of felt like. But, but now I'm playing screwed right now. Steel <laughs> so. drums. It's like a lot of dumb stuff, but anyway. uh, 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 screwed. And that's it. That's basically <laughs> the end of the, the the show. I mean, they don't really do a ton of actual like how the the movie was received or anything. I, yeah, or wrap I, up. I swear that they were going to show like red carpet stuff, but I guess it never. No, yeah, like they can't. Stuff, Honestly, they even if they did, once this, this premiered to like nothing, they were like, oh no, <laughs> they can't have thought it was a good idea to like continue yeah, I, showing more. You know? I swear that the version we originally watched, because, like, this is a, someone's personal rip. It's not the same mm-hmm. rip that we watched. I swear that uh, there was, like, footage. It like, it could be, like, red carpet stuff. I was surprised that, no. that was not there at all. Nothing. For, like, for, like the premiere. It, they don't even show the premiere. They just talk about each other, and then it cuts to, like, promo. go see go see House of Wax. <laughs> it's like, oh, nope, we didn't. No one did. Maybe it rich, originally was supposed to be that, and then maybe they realized it was not going to end well. So, like, we're just talking about no, promo. No, that's what I think. If anything, it was probably just like, uh-oh, the opening numbers are not good, so let's just drop that part or of the like, episode. and test audience, and then it was too late, and... Yeah. Because there was no way this was well-received. It was not a good movie. I mean, by any stretch. It's fine. 
It's like schlock, but I mean, it's the sh- schlock in the sense of like wrong turn or something. Like, I don't necessarily think that people were not going to see it, but the whole concept of it being like some kind of a movie worth promoting this deeply is not a good idea. Like, Cabin Fever is the same thing. That was actually probably a success, but like, they're just not movies that are worth spending a ton of money to promote because people are either going to see them or they won't. Like, you're not going to convince people to see a movie. This movie like this. premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. Jesus. That's they really were trying. Look at Matt. And that's that's it. That's it, guys. <laughs> Do you have any other notes? I think we will fucking went over everything. Uh, Paris Hilton won a Rousey for this. Good. I'm glad. Did she accept it? I don't know, but I know Chad Michael Murray, House of Wax, and Paris Hilton won Teen Choice Awards for this also. Chad won oh, for f- Best Actor, Action Adventure Thriller. The movie won for Best Horror Film. And uh, Paris Hilton won for breast, b- best breast. screams <laughs> scene of the year. Breast. That she didn't win for that. Let's be real. Oh. Okay. Um. Small boobs. <laughs> yes, that's a zing, <laughs> zing. But yeah, it it got like a twenty five in Rotten Tomatoes. It was not well received by any anyone, basically. Uh, my final note or or <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't speak. Jesus. What's wrong with me? Um, so the episode ends, and it's like, you know, what's MTV promoting during the end credits? So it's MTV Live, featuring performances from in- Unwritten Law, who of course did the North Shore theme song, as we've discussed. Unwritten Law was the best. Rise Against, mm. Hot Hot Heat, nice. and My Chemical Romance. Oh my god. And so they, the performance they show, part of is uh, MCR doing Helena, which is actually the song that plays during the end credits of House of Wax. Jesus. And then they get rid of the MTV Live thing so they can just finish the actual end credits for the, the movie life. And during the movie life end credits, <laughs> American Hi-Fi's Geek Gets the Girl are playing Geek Gets the Girl, which is like, this is not on the tone? I don't know what they're trying for with a lot of this. It's just not I successful. Do- I do want to also read the soundtrack for House of Wax, which I own, but not because I bought it, because a friend was, like, she was getting rid of a bunch of, like, uh, screeners and a bunch of, like, press stuff, and one of the things she had was the House of Wax soundtrack, so I was like, I guess I should take this. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack um, features The Prodigy, featuring Juliette Lewis. Yes, Juliette Lewis, the actress. Wow. And singer, but yes. Uh, it also features uh, MCR, Helena, like I said, The Deftones, Stutterfly, Disturbed, Blood Simple, Marilyn Manson, The Stooges, The Von Bondies, Harmar, Superstar, Joy Division, and Dark New Day. Oh my A lot more ska than you would expect. <laughs> yeah, that is actually pretty surprising. Yeah, you would think it'd just be a straight new metal. Alright. Um... Oh, and the director of this movie, we talked about this before, he did like um, Orphan... Uh, yeah, he went on to actually direct like more horror movies stuff. But he also directed The Shallows, the Blake Lively Shark movie. He's great. Like, Honestly, I've always like it's um. Uh, I mean, especially I love a simple favor. I will not abide fucking The Shallows. Fuck that movie. It's so bad. <laughs> Fuck my friend Jeff who made us all watch it and then fell asleep while he while like we the were shallows? watching. I hate The Shallows. It's bad. It's bad. I like it. I think. Good. I'm not going to forgive her for all of her bad performances just because of a simple favor and how it made me question a lot of things. <laughs> like, 
I always, I mean, all conversations having to do with Blake Lively always start and end with her being married on a plantation. That's understandable. <laughs> but oh, like, yes, uh, her, her wannabe goop uh, antebellum phase. What the fuck? But, like, I think he makes really interesting, it's, um, Yom Colette Sarah, right? Yeah, we had, right. yeah, yeah, we had issues figuring out how to say his name, too. I think it's Yom, but it might, I might be wrong, but, um... He's doing Jungle Cruise, which I'm excited to see. But he did a lot of interesting, like, I, I found, like, Nonstop to be really good. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I don't like Leor, I don't like Orphan, but I think it's definitely, like, weird. And the movie's, like, shot really beautifully. Yeah. The Shallows um, was bad. It was shot beautifully, though, I think. I don't, I don't think know. it was. And fuck that bird, too. I don't know. I, I think it's watchable. It's definitely different. It's I like mean, a, I watched it, and I got mad. It, it. It, it seemed longer than, apparently... 86 minutes? It seemed much longer than that. Like, a, there's not much to that movie. It's kind of like a bottle episode, but a movie. Which I always like in movies. I know, but, I know you're pro-bottle episode, but I can't, hmm. I can't be pro this movie. I get it, it's not next for, year, I mean, Next you're gonna tell me you love Savages. I haven't never seen Savages. Do you mean the, the Justin Timberlake one? No, Savages is <laughs> Blake Lively, Taylor Kitsch, and Aaron oh, Taylor Johnson. One. I, I was yes. thinking, I was thinking the, of the War Gasms movie. I was thinking of Runner Runner. I, they're all like the same. It's just like a bunch of white people, white people going to Mexico and acting like they're drug lords. I mean, the best part of that movie though is Selma Hayek removing her wig. It's pretty epic, actually. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it at all. Is it's it really bad. No, it's, it's awful. I said it multiple times. It's really bad. No. No, I I will, I literally thought it was Runner Runner based off of your description, so I was like, whatever. Ah, uh, wargasms, Ew. wargasms. Ew. I remember there being a threesome though. That was like all the press. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're like a poly relationship. Oh, they were. Okay. Well, I thought yeah. it was like you know they'll do anything, including have a threesome <laughs> to sell yeah, these they... drugs. Oh god. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, plugs. <laughs> Yes, let's get the plugs. We could talk about this okay. for, like, another three hours, I'm sure. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, follow me on the Fergs on Twitter. Uh, my book, the uh, An Encyclopedia of Women's Professional Wrestling, comes out May 7th. Order that. Um, for something good from 2005, you should watch uh, the music video for uh, Brie Larson's She Said from oh, the album that. Finally Out of P.E. <laughs> or listen to her version. I'm so furious it's not available anywhere. Her version of, um, oh, what the fuck is it called? Black Sheep? Yes, Black Sheep. I can't think of what, what the band's, it's, a uh... Metric. Metric. Well, Metric's no. the actual band, the, the band in the movie is Classic Demon Classic Head. Demon Head, right. I, I was getting to Demon Head, and I'm like, I can't think of what it was called. The Demon first Head! Yeah, I was like, it's not Demon Head, because it was like a whole sentence, but yeah. I wish there, there's no version of that anywhere. You have to watch like, the YouTube. Video I found version. a version, but it's not on Spotify. I wanted to like add it to my, my uh, list of my library, but I, it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Ugh. But th- that is an excellent. She's a great singer. I that movie. I remember watching that for the first time and being like, "Oh, I get it." I guess if we're also plugging just how hot Brie Larson is. Well, listen, we have eyes. What else are we gonna do? <laughs> um, okay. We've been podcasting for so many hours. We're delirious. Okay. But also, yeah, Brie Larson's hot. There you go. I'm on Twitter at Mara. Keep subscribing to Little Toys Patreon for more bonus episodes. In the meantime, you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Email us at thetelevoid.com. And thanks for wandering into the telephone, guys. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>